Hello and welcome to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. Uh, today we've got a very special episode. We have another one of our conversations episode, but just like earlier this year, we had two conventions to cover. Uh, most of the crew went down to Hamacon in Huntsville, Alabama, but Sully struck out by himself went all the way to the far land of California for San Diego Comic-Con. And also Disneyland, apparently? But before we delve into the meat of the show here, let's do a quick roll call. Uh, I am, of course, Tobias, and I am joined by... Hey guys, this is Austin, and unfortunately I will not be available in the new Criterion Godzilla box set. And I had mentioned earlier Sully. I am not in the Criterion Godzilla box set, however you can find me in the Criterion Bad Mistakes in Life box set, in which I am the starring Ooh. feature. Ooh. And we also have a uh, another special guest here today, uh, Edwin. Yo, you can find me searching for the Criterion collection on Laserdisc, though. Oh, wow. I didn't realize there was a whole bunch of selection there. And when my movie comes on UMD. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've also got a regular contributor. Is that me? No, it's I, me. I would think so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have a funny criterion joke. I took a nap and it was a bad mistake. I think that's a cocktail film, isn't it? <laughs> yes, uh huh. That's one of those uh, weird Japanese Artur films. Cocktail is French. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Go back to sleep. Oh, thank you. And lastly, we're joined by, uh, well, an actual special guest. Sorry, Edwin. We have Basil Brachekis, the director of Hamacon. I, I am one of the directors of Hamacon. That's, that's true. I, I also did the Awesome Cash podcast for Thing Awesome, and we're here not goofing around at Nando's Chicken in D.C. like everybody else is out of con. No, we're here to put in the work. Yes. The work of talking about other cons that have already happened. Heck Basil, yeah. I just want to say that I'm very disappointed that when you were introduced as a director, you did not make a Criterion joke like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I already had my joke already pre-prepared. If only some other people would be like that when they come on the podcast. Why don't you at me next time? <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we've got our, our roll call here. We have, uh, I mean, I, I, honestly, Bela, I'm, I'm really happy to have you here. It's, uh, I know we've kind of uh, talked about having you on, you know, here, you know, here and there over over time, and uh, we're kind of like the sister podcast, awesome at this point, and and likewise. So it's cool, cool to have you on, and you know, it's really it's always been a fun time to go to Hamacon and enjoy that, and enjoy a new scene that we're that we're not really used to. Oh no, thank you for having me. I, I've been looking forward to this for a while. You're a really fun group of people. I enjoy talking to you. This is something I just naturally would look, be looking forward to, like regardless. Oh, thank you. Just wait until we release our memoir with all the dirty secrets. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we have been able to trick you and possibly other audience members for at least this long. So uh, before we begin in earnest here, I know we've got a lot of material to cover tonight between two conventions, two very, very different conventions. Uh, I think we do want to give a quick shout out here. We're recording this uh, ex almost exactly a week after the, you know, the awful Kyoto Animation arson. 
I know that uh, I know I know the rest for myself, and I I was remember reading you know various tweets and posts from the rest of the team as that kind of unfolded a week ago, and I know that we were all kind of you know sitting on edge, waiting for the news to you know be confirmed and come through. But I want to you know see if you guys have any particular thoughts on that. It's kind of gestated over the past week. I'll just say that it's been some, the uh, the anime community has has gone through a lot this year. It's been a very tumultuous year in in many contexts, um, and this was just again another sort of big example of uh, a large scale um, event that we've all had to sort of face together. But um, and it's horrible. I mean, there's really no other no other way to describe what happened, but. Um, I guess I can say that there has been just so much, so much of an outpouring of love from the community towards KyoAni uh, in the wake of this, and that's been very, very uplifting to see. Um, I hate, yeah. I hate that we're even in a situation where we have to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just like everyone, I really wish that this didn't happen. There's no reason for this. It's just evil madness uh, for yeah. what happened to them, but it is. Um, it is awe-inspiring to see the community come together um, and rally around this uh, this need that we all have and this uh, love that we have for a studio who's who's really given us so much. Like, and I talked about that a lot in our last episode where we reviewed uh, Tomiko Market, Tori and I and uh, Andrew, and um, it's so weird that that came out right before um, this happened to QAnny. It's just really bizarre timing to think about, but. Um, no, I just I, I love Kyoani so much. I hate that this happened to them, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, just seeing the outpouring from from the community, from uh, from companies like Sentai and uh, Right Stuff, you know, raising an absurd amount of uh, relief money for for the studio is is amazing, and that all comes from fans, much like ourselves. And um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that the uh, the outpouring of love will not end just in in this time afterwards but uh sorry i talked a lot anybody else have (laughs) something to say i didn't mean to take over right there um i don't know just kind of like to reiterate what you said it's good especially in a time where i feel you know the anime community can get divided and rough and tough on each other but just to see everybody come together and donate that money and not argue for five freaking minutes about something (laughs) um and then on the same hand, it's just like, I just wish people would have a little more patience and not spread false information about something, especially like this. Mm, yeah. Um, or any, any, any kind of like violent crime that happens like this. I know we get very, um, like anxious and uppity. And as somebody who, you know, is into, um, like reading about true crime and those kinds of things, it's like, it's hard to not feel like you need to like insert yourself into that and like keep up with it. But, mm. um, I think people need to just remember that there is kind of a respect that you need to have there and um, I know a lot of people online were trying to get to be that first person to report so and so and just don't, don't do that just wait just wait until there's somebody official coming out and saying something before you kind of jump the gun and um, get people anxious over stuff they don't need to be anxious about. <laughs> oh not only that I also wanted to mention how much uh, Keo Annie is an industry leader in uh, hiring a lot of women act, um, mm. a lot of women directors and yes. employees. Oh, yes. Not only that, they pay uh, salary as opposed mm-hmm. per frame, and that's something that a lot of these other animation companies should look and strive to mm-hmm. become as well. Mm-hmm. 
Right. I mean, uh, this this event would be devastating if it happened to any any organization, any person, any any whatever. But I think it it hurts just that much more knowing that it happened to KyoAni, which is a studio that is just known for their progressive revolutionary practices in an industry that desperately needs reform and they are a flagship to look to um, for how the anime industry can move forward in being a more um, egalitarian and more um, uh, person focused industry um, mm-hmm. so, so I hope that that's something that continues to get discussed in the wake of this happening to KyoAni is that it's just they're they're not a studio that was great because of their output i mean they certainly were but they were also a studio uh, who is who was great and who continues to be great because of the way that they do things not not just what they do yes so yeah so just go back to the start of the segment listen to it all over again pretend i said it <laughs> and that's what i think perfect <laughs> yeah no, I, 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 I completely agree. And I think that, um, just like Tori said earlier, as the event was still unfolding, like before the, you know, the fire department, the firefighters actually put the fire out, there was a lot of speculation happening at the time. And it was tough, you know, to, to feel very emotionally impacted while it happens. But there was a lot of, a lot of talk happening. I know that one of the big early, you know, quote unquote controversies was Sentai opening up that GoFundMe really, mm-hmm. really quick. And that's been a big discussion ever since. Uh, however, just, you know, so as news as of today, uh, Kyoani did. Uh, I think yesterday actually they kind of opened up, you know, their bank account. Like the uh, mm. the CEO, uh, it, I guess he's the CEO, the head honcho, uh, Hata, Hata, yes. yeah, Hata, Hata, Hata. Yeah. Uh, He opened up his like his his bank account, his company bank account. Like if you want to donate, give it here. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of word about if you were to do a wire transfer, a lot of that money is going to be eaten up by bank fees. So it's a, it's like at least twenty dollar fees for it even gets to like to Kyoani. Mm. So I know that you know and you know on the top of that, both Sentai and now Right Stuff have a donation going on uh, uh, to go ahead and you know send it send it onward. Basically, it's of course it's a lot better to you know get as much of a lump sum as you can, so the fees only apply once. So I feel like even though you know there's been a lot of talk, it's at this point the Sentai GoFundMe is good to go. Uh, at this point, Right Stuff has one as well, like I mentioned. I think Right Stuff actually is uh, crediting your shipping fees for any orders toward the donation. So, wow. again, not to try to not to be like, you know, you guys should get on this this good deal while, you know, while it's still hot. You know, like if, if you're already looking to, looking to place an order, spend some money, um, I feel like adding on an extra, you know, 20, 30 bucks, whatever you can afford onto that for the donation is, it, you know, go ahead and get go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I completely agree. It's 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 bad that it happened here in our community, in the anime community. But this is also one of like the worst incidents in recent Japanese history. Mm-hmm. I think it still has has beaten out the the ninety five uh, gas sarin gas attacks on the subway, uh, and just to know that 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 awful thing happened in our community specifically is it, it hurts worse yeah. than it would be just a, any other incident. And uh, I feel like this is like, just like you guys said earlier, it's a good time for us to rally together, you know, under one banner and show support to the people making uh, these shows and these products that we appreciate so much. I will say for me, it was very strange to be, um, you know, on this, 
on this trip and, and laughing and talking with my friend and then I sort of absentmindedly check Twitter and see KyoAni is is trending and to see why and the sort of uh, it, it really didn't hit me until I got home you know it just felt very distant and when I got home I was like oh this is this has happened and this is this has been a crime that has been purposely committed against these people um, against these artists and these creators and I I do take heart in the fact that you know, even though it's been kind of messy and, and emotional, it is nice to see the community come together and, and try to try to give as much as it can to them. Um, and I'm glad now that there are these sort of official charities that are helping people do their part. And all I can say is just uh, support Kiwani's works, give if you can, um, just keep in mind the sort of brevity I mean yes like Tobias said this affects our community but this is probably one of the most devastating attacks that has happened on Japanese soil in in quite some time and that this was committed against a studio that primarily focuses on the voices and the talents of women is incredibly sort of disheartening yeah exactly disheartening mm -hmm. is certainly an appropriate word for, mm -hmm. for this entire situation but uh, as of now, the situation is, I mean, it's, I guess it's still unfolding. We haven't at this point had too many names released. Uh, they're being very respectful to the victims. There hasn't really been much about the perpetrator uh, been sort of put out yet. Uh, I'm honestly a little scared to find out more information there, uh, just for a, a number of reasons. But in the very least, you know, we have this moment to reflect back to you know, try to celebrate this community and celebrate, you know, our fandom here and try to rally around uh, you know, this group that's in, in pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm super gra super grateful to you, Basil, and your team at uh, Hamacon for allowing us to make that uh, last-minute panel change there on Thursday where we swapped out one of our slots to do, uh, where Tori and I swapped out one of our slots to do our KyoAni panel because yes. I feel <laughs> like, you know, being at a convention, like, being at a con the weekend that this event happened, I think we sort of owed it to the anime community in one way or another to put on that panel to show people why KyoAni was so important and why they are um, just wonderful, beautiful creators um, and just celebrate them even in their time of most, most great hardship. So I uh, thank you guys for being flexible. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned here, we've got two conventions to cover on this single one podcast. So we'll go ahead and let us Sully take it away here with San Diego Comic-Con since it was pretty much you. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't just you at the entire convention, but it was just you on the podcast. So if you want to go ahead with Sully and just give your impressions and your thoughts for this weekend. 
<clears throat> it's big. Oh, thank you. Thank you wow. for your thoughts, Sully. So, well, I guess we'll go ahead and move bye. on. So, um, so basically what had happened is uh, my friend Lawrence Ng invited me. His wife is on the board of directors for Comic-Con. They're like, hey, why don't you come out to, uh, to San, Gie- uh, San Diego and see it? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and I and we, we went up to Disneyland on Thursday. So I only went to the actual con on Friday and Saturday. And then my plane was Sunday morning. Um and I honestly feel like I did not even get like even ten percent of the of the experience because it, it's just guys if you've never been to a con outside of like a state con like Animazement, uh, Hamacon, Ichiban Con, Momocon, like even even the sort of larger cons in the South, like it's it's on a different level. Like it basically is just that, but times ten. Like I I swear that um, the the uh, dealer's room and the artist alley combined of animation could probably fit three times over in the comic-con exhibition hall i think that uh lawrence's wife said that you could if you walked from end to end it'd be two miles or something like that um whoa or a mile or it was it was it was very large a very very large it took me i i think i spent most of my time in there just it took me that long to wander around and just see everything in just that room i actually on my schedule, I had picked, like, probably about 10, maybe 15 panels I wanted to go to. I went to two. <laughs> because I kept I kept getting lost. I kept getting right. sort of, like, swept away. Like, crowds would come, and I would have to, like, change the course of where I was going because I would just get so... I could not move that easily. Um, but I don't... Like, I, I had these sort of images of Comic-Con just uh, from seeing it, like, on the internet and on TV and such. It's like... You know, all the people there are these magnificent, beautiful, attractive cosplayers who look like supermodels, and their costumes are so over-the-top well done that it's beyond belief, and, you know, all of these Hollywood celebrities, it's not like that. Uh, It basically is. Like, the cosplay was on the same level of what I see here. Just more of it, because there were more people. Um, I didn't go to any of the, the, the H Hall events because here's the secret, I do not care about Marvel movies whatsoever. Like my interest is zero. They actually were like, you know, we're we're short a ticket, you know, so do you really want I was like, no, yeah, give the ticket to whoever. Like I don't I don't need to go. Um and I was overwhelmed. Like uh I, I I'm this is not to say I would not do it again. I would do it again in a heartbeat. It's just I was just so overwhelmed that like a good like the entirety of Friday for me was just trying to figure out what I was doing. Um because unless I had, you know, Lawrence there who has who's gone, you know, pretty much, you know, every year uh, or or someone like that, I was I was lost and I spent a lot of money um on, on stuff i bought a 200 dollar uh zoisite cell from sailor moon and i'm very proud of it um and then there are some things i look back i'm like well this certainly took up space in my suitcase um and the anime presence was was very there like viz uh kodansha funimation crunchyroll crunchyroll was sad actually i went to crunchyroll it's like, oh we have an off-site location i'm like i'm not leaving here for your thing it's sad your booth is sad um, sorry, but it was. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie because I, I have no reason to. Um, but like the the Viz booth was huge. Dark Horse Manga they had a big booth. Like it was just, it was very there. Like I mean, I've always had these sort of. I've never been to a Comic Con, even though I've been into comics most of my life. I've never actually been to a comic convention, only anime cons, and I was expecting there to be this sort of you know oil and water divide. But they were very kind of commingled. Uh, I saw plenty of anime cosplayers, I saw pretty, plenty of people buying manga, 
uh, plenty of, you know, manga booths. They had a Sailor Moon meet and greet. They had a cosplayer. Where I didn't get to do it because they closed off the line and she wasn't there when I went back. Um, it was just, it was just very, like, the, 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 the anime was there. And there was, like, a big 40th anniversary Gundam thing with a huge Gundam set. There was a big Mazinger statue. Um, I put, I, oh, wow. I, I sent pics uh, to Austin and uh, put some up on the Third Impact Facebook community page. Um, but it was just very overwhelming. And I think uh, if I were to do it next year, I think I would have a better idea of what I'm doing and what to look for and what kind of to avoid. Because I, I, this time I was just sampling everything. Um, I would say if you're going for the first time, look out for things that are like one of a kind. Because a lot of the stuff you can buy there is like, oh, well, I can just order this on eBay. Or I can just go to like any con ever and get most of this. But there's a few like treasures that I found. Um, and a few interesting little, you know, nooks and crannies. I bought a wonderful Sailor Moon art book, too, there that I, I found. They had, like, one small anime booth in the corner. Um, I went to the Best and Worst Manga panel, which had uh, several sort of talking heads on Twitter. I tagged them on... I made a tweet about it, if you're interested, that also had the, the pics. And that was... Uh, again, I was kind of expecting panels to also be these sort of, like, bombastic, like, oh, these are going to just be, like like, almost going to, like, a movie or something, but no, they were very much on the level of what you see at any other con, just with, you know, people that you recognize from the, the sort of anime talking heads of Twitter, um, right. and it was, it was very entertaining, though, and actually, they gave out free manga, and I got a, I got the first volume of Witch Hat Atelier, which I'm very excited to read, mm. um, I, I know, th it's, 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 I've heard, I've heard, I didn't have a chance to read it yet, um, but, uh, there was that, again, uh, Our Dreams at Dusk. I'm trying to think of some of the other titles off the top of my head that kind of stuck out. I know that Mob Psycho was voted one of the worst manga, and that got some some boos and some. And there were some there were some hot takes, but I, I guess all in the spirit of trying to get people to actually pay attention. I, I, one small boy was going to throw a bag of peanuts at one of the presentators after after the Mob Psycho thing. Which was that's well deserved. Which was kind of he was next to me and I was like, "This is not my child. How do I disqual? Like, how do I how do I calm him?" He's like asking his dad, "Can I throw it now?" And I'm like, "Are you encouraging this, sir?" Um, <laughs> um, you grab the peanuts and eat them right in front of him. I said it once and I'll say it again. God forbid a story about changing and becoming the best you you can be is boring. Oh, well, I think uh, I mean I, I was kind of following that on Twitter as well. I, I I knew that there were like four or five people. I only really recognized Deb Aoki and Zach Birchie on there, but from what I read, they seem to have reasons they have yeah, I mean, uh, like that as the worst pick. It's not because Mob Psycho is this terrible thing. It's just because of like I don't know. I don't know what the exact reason was, but it yeah, seemed like they had good the reasons. Thread I saw, yeah, so that's, that's and good. I'll say okay. this. I'll say this. They gave good reasons. A lot of it was maybe I personally just did not like it, and I'm like, you know what? There are people who probably like I think Mob pretty good like I'm not like very crazy about it but I'm like yes it's a very good story um and I'm just overly <laughs> defensive because this is my son and just because you don't personally like something does not make it bad yeah and, and that, that was a conversation we got into later was the sort of like why do we moralize whether or not you like something or not when it's, it's such a subjective thing but I mean overall yeah. I really like the energy of the panel where I felt like people left mm. that panel with stuff they wanted to read I left with stuff I wanted to read I wrote down things and now I actually have one of the mm. things I wanted I wanted to read Witch Hat Atelier now it's on my bookshelf just waiting for me to have the free time which I finally have didn't they call Bleach good in this panel too Ye I forget which uh, yeah I, I think there I think there was something like that yeah I seem to recall that 
I, I remember someone said it's saying goodbye to an old friend. I'm like, I never got into bleach, so it's more like me saying goodbye, Ooh. guy I vaguely remember from high school. Um, <laughs> Have a great summer. <laughs> Have Hags. a great summer, love, Sully. Um, wow. But yeah, it, I mean, that was the that was the one anime panel or manga or Japanese related panel. There was other. There was like a, a manga for beginners. It was actually a fascinating panel on like the bat manga and its relation to like Japan's technological progress in the 60s and i wanted to go to that and then we like overslept and i missed it um mm. and uh the only other panel wait 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 so they had they had a batman panel in the morning man you need to have your batman panel at night there were so many pa- like they had a they had michael uslan to talk about the 89 batman movie and i missed that because i got lost in the dealer's room and just gave up trying to find my way out um, so much of it was, I think if I go again, I will focus on the panels and stop trying to buy things, because I was like, this is a trip, it's like a once in a lifetime, I should buy as much crap to commemorate it, going completely against everything I normally stand for. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like, if you're going to a con like that for the first time, it's, you, you want to definitely take it all on, so that's understandable. Yeah, you, you get a pass, don't and beat I guess, I guess to kind of go back, and I guess to kind of go back to what you're saying, like, when you say overwhelming... I have, like, an idea in my head of what you mean by that, but I guess, I, can you elaborate a little more on so, how, we, what, like, what you mean by overwhelming? So, again, I'm used to going to cons where maybe 30,000 people is the most. This was, like, like you were surrounded at all, at all sides by people. Like, it was just so full of people, and they're all going in different directions, and that convention center is huge and unfamiliar and just... So much bigger than anything, like any con center I've been in. Like the Raleigh Convention Center is probably the biggest actual convention center I've been in, not counting like hotel cons. Um, and it was just so much more than that. Like I, like there was a whole like the sales pavilion, which was like this this huge sort of open air space with this sort of canvas roof sails like sailboats uh like it it like sort of bridge two halves of the con i i, I was like there's more like this, this, i'm only in the first half of the building um just it was so full of people and so full of things to do and that like if you were to look at the list of panels like you could scroll for three like for an hour and you would still only be in like thursday's panels there's so many and you're just sort of like choice overload which one do i go to do i have time for that do i want to sit through that if i don't like this one do i can i go to the other one and make it in time will it be too full like it was just so much i was like i i can't plan and sort of organize what i want to do so i just sort of i guess gave up it was like well i guess i'll go to one panel because it's it's here and I, i'm scared of moving and getting lost again and 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 it's interesting because like half of the crowd is kind of going for like the big movie stars and they're doing that and they want to be in the hall h and then the other half is kind of like doing their own thing and i kind of tried to grab toward the latter group well they had a ray bradbury panel which was actually really disappointing it was only a half hour long the guy like basically skimmed the wikipedia article and it was like wow i i know wow. it was so he's like he represents the upcoming ray bradbury museum and i was like and Oof. i was like you i i know more than you like and i just like <laughs> i like and this woman knew more than him and corrected him three times and i'm like can you just get up wow. and do this so panel powerful. it was very That's big energy right she's there. actually she, glad to see glad to see that not even big uh, West Coast cons are safe from wiki panels. Well, that's, that's funny you mentioned that because there, there is a different culture that's known. Uh, you know, they have more industry guests over there yes. because there's their proximity to Japan, but they don't do fan panels generally mm-hmm. like we do. There's not a big, like, it's definitely a, uh, an East Coast 
thing more so than west coast i i guess it's kind of interesting to to hear that confirmed i guess through zoe yeah because the panel itself was like ray bradbury ray harryhausen and forrest ackerman like how are these three friends these lifelong friends and science fiction fans like how did they kind of build the west coast you know comic fandom through comic cons like oh that's fascinating that sort of stuff like ray bradbury is one of my probably top three favorite authors i grew up reading him they're doing it it, it was like oh the guy from the upcoming ray bradbury museum is going to be leading i was like okay this could be great like i'm going to really get like an experience here and the guy like presents like a blank powerpoint like a like white background black sans serif text Mm. and like blurry photos that had watermarks on them and i'm just like I and then he would like mispronounce words or like I was like that that's the wrong year actually like how 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 that doesn't make sense or like I, and then this woman corrected him apparently she's a member of the science fiction club that Ray Bradbury helped found or was a major part of wow. and she had to correct him I'm like please just do the panel for him this poor man yeah um it was really <laughs> awkward it was really I mean they gave away a signed Ray Bradbury I didn't win it but uh I was just sort of like wow and it, it was supposed to be an hour long panel and ended in thirty minutes and i was like wow this was uh so bad panels are everywhere great to know um <laughs> and yeah and i wish i would have gone to more panels but again i kept getting lost i kept yeah, getting overwhelmed and just like i am not i am not one of, a person that does well in large groups of people that i'm not in control of like if i'm giving a panel and i have like a full room i'm fine because i'm kind of like in i'm kind of the leader i'm like okay we're going to do this yeah. you know we're gonna be quiet mm-hmm. now but when I'm in a group of people I have no control over and I'm just sort of a sea, like a face in a sea of faces, I get very mm. overwhelmed. So I was like, really? Uh, fortunately, Lawrence's wife, because she was on the board, they had the boardroom that we could kind of crash in. And I actually spent more time in there just watching, like, because the window was placed right over the exhibit hall. And I was just sort of watching people mm. and just people. It was like an aquarium, just people watching and seeing them. <laughs> it was fascinating. Wow. And, um... It, it kind of has invigorated my interest in maybe going to more non-anime cons because, I mean, there was a booth there selling, like, Dario Argento merchandise, and I was like, oh, wow, like, I'm glad that one of my weird, obscure-ish interests are is represented here. Or, oh, I like that there's people selling, like, old Monsters of Filmland magazines. Like, these are stuff I'm interested in. But at the same time, there was also this feeling of, God, cons are for regular people now. Like, this is just <laughs> something that townies do, isn't it? Like, they just come here try to catch a glimpse of Jason Momoa, they take a picture and go home. Um, and, like, like half the stuff I said, like, even though the actual booths for Viz and, like, you know, f- you know, from a sort of visual merchandising standpoint were interesting at the same, it's like, oh, wow, this is the stuff I can pick up at Barnes & Noble or any other, like, wherever fine books are sold. Like, it's, like, there was not very much special about it or really even these special deals. I know Kotobukiya had pre-sales. They had a, a Catwoman figure I wanted, and they sold out of the, pre, of the pre-orders, and I don't know how you do that. Um... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but like yeah it was just so much and like even though the corporate some of the, like the sideshow booth was interesting it was almost like a museum exhibit and then some of it was like oh well this is just like stuff I can buy anywhere and then some was like the guy selling like anime sells and like I could I actually ask him I was like I know this is a long shot but do you know what Yatterman is and he's like yes but I don't have it um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was certainly an experience, and I was really like happy to see that there was a big anime presence. That manga was like they were like industry panels about manga and what was coming out, and like it was treated as like oh not this stupid fad that like high school kids are into, but like as a legitimate like branch of the comics world. Um, and getting to sort of you know hobnob like Lawrence tried to push me to talk to the people after the the manga panel, and I I talked to Deb. Uh, 
Alki very briefly, and I talked to Zach Bershey very briefly. He he shook my hand because I said, "Oh, I'm glad that you're pushing for more queer manga." And I guess he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess you're gay too." So here, here's a handshake. I was like, "Oh, thank you. I don't know what to do with this." Um, <laughs> what do I do with your hand? What do I do? Just keep what, it. What are you, why are it. you giving me your hand? Why hand. are you giving me your hand? Oh, you want me to shake it? Oh, I get it now. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I, I kind of wish I would have networked more because I've thought about would I want to work in the publishing industry, working with comics or manga, and so that was, I guess, the, the place to kind of do it. Um, yeah, it was, I would say it's something I want to do again. Maybe I'll get the chance to go again, and maybe I'll have more of a, I'll have more of a, a sort of a lay of the land to feel more comfortable and not like I, again, like... I'm sure if any of you came with me, like, I know how I am, but just any of you, you would be like, whoa, this is so much, and so much at once, I don't know if I can take it. Um, yeah, that's the thing I've been worrying about, like, we've done AWA for a while, and that's, that's getting pretty big. AZ mm -hmm. has gotten dense in previous years, but I, I know that it's a whole different world once you get over there, and like that, and Anime Expo, oh, I've seen the pictures, Anime and it's Expo. just... I will yeah, never do I was going to say, that's I how never. I felt with MomoCon whenever I went there. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. year, I was very overwhelmed. I was trying to figure out the first day where everything was, what I wanted to do, and by like the yeah. halfway through the second day, I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but I can imagine San Diego Comic Con just being on a whole other level, even mm -hmm. with MomoCon expanding their floor space next year. Well, we've got a MomoCon director in the podcast, if you wanted to speak to that. Oh, yeah. I also do that, don't I? Huh. <laughs> um, well, okay. So, to, to contrast Edwin and Tobias, AWA is, unfortunately, it's almost the size of MomoCon, but not in the, like, correct kind of space. Okay. But yeah. anyway, it's probably a closer feeling because you've got way too many people trapped in a smaller space than they really need. Whereas Momocon, in comparison, um, it's more space appropriate, where there's way more like hallway space and space for people to move around in. There's just a lot of people. I'm sure if you take that concept and times it by like you know a hundred then you've got the idea of San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, I mean, I really just did not know what to to expect. And I will say, I personally prefer smaller, more intimate cons. And um, if there, like, there were no guests at, at uh, San Diego Comic-Con that I was, like, really, really excited to see. Like, I mean, Neil Adams was there, and I actually, like, was two feet away from Lloyd Kaufman. I'm like, and you're just here with the mortals? Like, on our plane with us? <laughs> um, and, and, but, like, I, I was, you know, there was, like, I was really hoping Julie Newmar would be there, because there were, there were some rumblings she might be, and if, if she were guaranteed to be there and having a sort of place to meet her, I probably would have, like, like, okay, I know to be here and line up at this time and try to go here, but with me, it's just like, I'm just sort of, like, casually, like, kind of taking it all in. I think that also helped with the sort of feeling of overwhelmment. Um, I know uh, Tori and Edwin were both lamenting the fact that you were in the same building as Hideo Kojima. Yeah, um, and I couldn't find him. <laughs> the man is <laughs> You should have tried harder. He's invisible. I mean, you could, like, I, lo okay, so me and other Austin, my friend that I mentioned very frequently on the podcast, we got to see each other again, uh, because he went to San Diego Comic-Con with his friend. Uh, Austin also gets passes because one of his mom's friends works with Turner Broadcasting, so he gets free passes every year. And so he holds a sort oh, of wow. a lottery amongst his friends over who will curry my favor and get uh, Comic-Con tickets, <laughs> uh, which is a very powerful that's how you, move. That's, that's how <laughs> you never run out of friends. But, um... <laughs> 
So it was me and him uh, on Saturday. It was me and him and his friend. I want to say his name was Richard. I, I forgot. Um, and very frequently, I would have to turn around and be like, are you there behind me? Or look for it. Are you there in front of me? Because we could lose each other so easily. There was just so many people weaving in and out of each other that like we were at one point, I was like, we just have to hold hands and like make sure we don't lose each other. Um, I was about to say, Austin should have just put you on a baby leash. It, it, well, we, that was how it was with his friend. We actually started calling his friend the dog and saying, have you seen the dog? <laughs> um, we're horrible. <laughs> we're terrible people. Um, Here's Sparky. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just just trying to keep up with one or two other people in that big of a space. I mean, I could not imagine if all of us for some somehow went there. We would all be scattered and like a, like the four winds, and it would be a nightmare. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. They had the Sailor Moon meet and greet. They had Kotobukiya and Viz and Kodansha and Crunchyroll. And I think Funimation had a booth too. Yeah, I remember that because they had all the My Hero stuff. Um... All the Japanese figure companies had stuff there, which was nice. They had a life-size Krusty Krab um, that you could go into, <laughs> and we, me and Austin have a picture of us with Mr. Krabs, which is nice. Um, wow. Yeah, and they had like a lot of previews for like some of the new Sailor Moon stuff coming out, and a lot of like the they're doing more Batman B Shonen figures, which are kind of disturbing. Like that, it's like here, here are the here are the Robins, but sexy. Um, <laughs> That's the thing. And now, now you can have the Joker, but sexy. Um, someone's probably going to buy those, and I don't want to know who that person is. Um, yeah, it was just... Wow. That's all I can say is, if you if you have a chance to do it, it's one of those, like, cross it off the bucket list things, but if I go again, I will definitely, like, know how to prepare for it and know what to look for and maybe not spend, like, $400, $500 that I probably shouldn't have spent. Um, I mean, to be fair, I I think two hundred bucks is pretty fair for a sell from Sailor Moon for a, your favorite character, and a very you That's know true. a very nice sell too, a very you know wonderful shot, yeah. not just yeah. like a, oh here he is with his arm up for some reason two hundred dollars. That yeah. was a very it was a close up, and now I have to find a way, which will probably be expensive to have it properly framed so it'll be preserved and yeah, yeah I. I, I'm looking forward to, to collecting cells. This was my very first one, and I think I, I picked a, a real sort of gem to start with. Oh, for sure, yeah. I think that they've got a few cell dealers in some of the cons that we go to, and even just the most basic Ava cells are like $2,000 to start. And it's, I would love to be able to one day, but I ain't got $2,000. You know? Yeah, and it's bad because there's still stuff I want to buy. The stuff I saw on the floor, like they had the uh, the creating a champion art book, and they had um, oh yeah, the, all sorts of stuff that like I've seen online but never actually physically held in my hand. And I'm like, oh, I really want it now. And I, I kind of want to jump on the 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 uh, right stuff sale before it ends in like two days. So. Well, um, go ahead and do that so you can uh, donate some any any extra cash you have left over. You can donate to the the Kiwani Fund. Gotta get that Nadia Blu-ray. Yeah, do it. I just picked that up myself and watched uh, an episode or two, and it's really nice. Yeah, and just uh, really briefly, I also went to Disneyland, and it was nice, and there was nothing and, except ever like I saw five people wearing My Hero Academia shirts, and it was. Like wow, <laughs> anime is really out here now. It's it's normal now, and now like high school kids are wearing it without people, you know, threatening their lives. Like when I was a kid, we've lived into an age, gents. Mm-hmm. And with that, I am going to vanish so you guys can talk about Hamacon. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right, bye, Sully. Thanks for coming bye -bye. on the show for a little bit and talking to us about stuff.
So uh, while he is over gallivanting in California, we went down to Alabama. A likewise very different land than what we're used to, uh, for the most part. Quite a contrast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we somehow survived both the drives to and from going through Tennessee, landing ourselves in, in the, the city of Huntsville in northern Alabama. Uh, b- that drive truly is the largest challenge of the entire weekend because it, oh, to yeah. me last year, whenever we, whenever it was just Andrew and I driving down, it did not feel like it took that long, but that might have been just because I slept a Maybe. lot. Um, but this time I was awake for more of it than last time and it felt like forever. You had to listen to me. Maybe that's it. Edwin's mere presence made time screech to a halt. I mean, you guys had to watch all of Men in Black on EMD. Yeah, well, no, his <laughs> his PSP <Twice>. died <laughs> like three minutes before the movie ended. <laughs> okay. How will I know how it poetic. ends? <laughs> <laughs> However will you know. So anyway, yeah, we went down to this convention called Hamicon in Huntsville, Alabama. I think, Basil, you're, I think you're familiar with this one? A little bit, a little bit, yeah. Been a couple times. So am I. Uh, so yeah, this uh, when we we got down there, we are we were featured panelists here this year. Again, I want to give Basil and crew a thanks out. I uh, think, geez, I just butchered that somehow. I want to give uh, Basil and the Hammer Crew a shout out here for uh, you know featuring us, just like we did last year. Uh, but unfortunately, about five minutes into the convention, we received some startling news that this is the last Hamicon. Yep, it's done. It's over. It's over, over for good? Question mark. I, I I can say that some of the um, most um, some of the most uh, higher up directors they were they were done. You know, a lot of us were tired at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, our contrary also runs a restaurant, yeah. and she is there like six days out of the week, the entire day, and and some. We also did two cons every year because we did the main con and the mini con, and it, it certainly burnt some of the higher directors out. Yeah, and I, I completely mm. understand that. And that was pretty much the impression I got right when uh, uh, Michelle announced that in the opening ceremony is that I completely understand. Uh, it cannot be easy to be doing that. Uh, I know that, uh, Basil, you mentioned that there's still a lot of people there, there's still a lot of nerd energy going on in Huntsville. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what what you guys do to like you know come out of that. Whether it's you know just expend your energy toward other local shows or you know uh, get involved with some of the other crew. But uh, I know there's a lot a lot of good energy there, ready to be used. So Basil, I have a big question. So how do you do a convention for a decade? <laughs> that's that's a good question. In um, uh, in in uh, two sentences or less. Well, <laughs> honestly, my brain is already trying to think about year eleven, but there is no year eleven. Mm. Um, and, and there's not gonna be there's not gonna be no there's no Hamicon eleven. Like, let me just like like squash that right there. Um, like it, it's one of those things where I mean it's frankly it's not dissimilar to doing panels for cons every yeah. year. Like, how do you you know it's it's not a dissimilar energy. Um, it, it just and eventually, it becomes something that you're just used to doing. Yeah. Um, it's the the trick really is it's very much a hobby 
not a job and you have to enjoy it as a hobby. Exactly. You know, and I have several friends like in the con a sphere or whatever you want to call it. Um, for example, you know, one of the con chairs, a Momocon runs um, the events and panels for things for station con. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, several of the Momocon and actually MTAC folks are currently helping out with guest relations at Otacon this weekend. Okay. Oh, wow. You know, I, I do graphic design both for Hamacon, but I also do graphic design for Momocon. Right. Like, a lot of us, you know, do a lot of the... We work on each other's cons as much as we work on our own cons. Yeah. So, for me, like, while Hamacon is done, I don't feel remotely done, but it's something that I very much enjoy doing. <laughs> so, it's not... For me, it's not something that's, I mean, the work is hard, but it's not like hard on me as far as happiness goes. Like, I, I'm, I still very much enjoy the work of it. Right, hmm. right. And I think that, that that's great to hear, uh, considering you've been, uh, you know, a part of this convention for a decade and you've done multiple events a year. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that conning as a as a hobby is not something that uh, that you're worn out from. No, no, like, no. Admittedly, like, the, the idea that, wait, I don't have to do Hamacon stuff right now is nice. Yeah. I'm not going to say that it's not, <laughs> but Laura knows I'm going to have the itch for something eventually, so, but, yeah. You know, I kind of had a weird, very small version of that whenever I did my Kingdom Hearts panel at this past Hamacon, because I got up there... Well, I was, you know, I'd been thinking about it in the in the weeks leading up to Hamacon, and whenever we got our panel schedule, I'm just like, oh, well, it looks like I got to do my Kingdom Hearts panel this weekend. I don't really want to, but I guess I will anyway. Cause, and then I was like, oh, I got to add in all this content from Kingdom Hearts three because I haven't put it in there yet. Um, and the reason I was, you know, thinking of it in that context was just like that is the panel that I've done the longest, and it's the panel I've done the most, and I'm a little bit sick of it. But then I actually got up there and started presenting it, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I do actually really enjoy doing this panel. This is a fun panel. Yeah. Because uh, I try and change it up every every time I do it, and that's one of those panels where you really feed off the energy of the crowd. Like, I think all of ours, to some degree or another, rely on that, but that one seems to get a lot of crowd energy for some reason. Uh, I think it's just the power of the franchise, really. Uh, people have a lot of emotional attachment to it, but... um. Yeah, I kind of got up there thinking, gosh, I really don't want to do this. And then I was doing it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is why I do this. Yeah, it shows that the power of the attendees, they kind of like motivate you to want want to keep on going, whether it's running a convention or running a panel. And I think it's kind of interesting because you know, we're used to doing these cons, you know, weekend after weekend, year after year. But it's not often that we see cons go away. So it is a very... Uh, melancholic feeling mm-hmm. to have this. Yeah, I was already in my in my head thinking, all right, so you know, June, July, that, that's Hamacon. I gotta, I gotta like have that weekend ready. Yeah, every year, uh, you know, for for time immemorial, I will be going to Huntsville. <laughs> but now it's like, well, no, that's not gonna happen. And like I said, after we heard the announcement, I was just kind of like, well, we gotta find something else to do in this time frame, and I'm sure something will come along. Yeah. So. Well, it sucks that Hamacon won't be around anymore. I, I know we'll continue to see Basil and crew at various other events, and uh, we'll find something to do. So, at least from the third Impact anime perspective, uh, all is well, I suppose. 
Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we'll be good. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure we will see Basil at least every October now. Is is what it is mm-hmm. for AWA. But uh, I, I think we're we're kind of looking at station. I know that uh, Edwin's pretty uh, pretty dead set on going to Momo again for sure. All right. Well, I mean, I guess so, since we're kind of like on the subject of, of con con going anyway, since we got you in the show, uh, Basil, you want to give us like a I don't know, like a quick rundown of like how did you get started doing? I, I guess the con scene. I mean, as far as the con scene, I, I've been going to anime cons for twenty years. Um, so was it just kind of like you know, like you grew up with it, and and like you know, as a kid or whatever, and you just kind of made the jump to. You know, going going to public talking about it, or like, how did you? Um, okay, so I have been going. Uh, my first con was AWA five. Um, I've been like back in nineteen ninety nine. and you know, I w- I just went as you know a con goer, like you know a- as you do, and it was a bunch of cons before I started thinking about. Maybe I should do panels. Honestly, uh, I started the Awesome Cast. You know, also about ten or eleven, twelve, whatever many uh, years ago it was, and I actually got invited by uh, Daryl Surratt to. Uh, uh, they were going to do an anime uh, podcast roundtable, eighty way, right? And I went there, and I was, and I was, I've been look seeing their panels for a while, and also you know Dave Merrill, and Darius, and. A bunch of other folks there. I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, maybe I should. Now that I have a podcast, I guess I should do panels. That's something that I should do. Okay. And pretty soon after that, um, Hamacon came about. Where, you know, the story I like to tell is, um, I know the con chair's son, Andrew, and okay. he really wanted to have a local con that he could just be able to feel comfortable. And have fun at. And that's when she was like, well, let's see what we can do. And that's kind of how Hamacon actually came about. And so my paneling and cons doing stuff sort of happened around the same time. I, I guess it's actually been longer since for the longest time I actually ran an anime viewing room for like the local like sci-fi con. And through that, I also helped some friends do the anime room at the local furry con at the time. And so I also then was like, well, the one thing I don't want to do at Hamacon, I don't want to run the video room. So for the first year at Hamacon, I ran the video room. (laughs) Uh. Um, And then I said, more or less, they didn't understand it, but I was like, okay, we're going to call myself. I want my directorship title to be director of awesome and i want to do my own awesome things but rest assured it will be for the betterment of this convention and the foolish contrary michelle said yes <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's not regretting that regretting that you know 10 years later i think there's been a lot well, of... i mean <laughs> I, I i took like original font was very mm, it, it was very much the font was a uh the kind of font you would see for like a stereotypical like Chinese restaurant menu, yeah. Oh no. Kind of font, and I was like, mm, no, that's not good. And I remember um, driving home from Seishun Con, uh, which was at the time also in June, 
and actually got its start the same year as Hamacon. Like, literally, Hamacon was one weekend in June, and Seishunkan was the next weekend in June. And I remember driving home from the first Seishun, being like, ah, yes, actually, I know exactly how I want the new, the actual logo for Hamacon to look. And I went right home, made it, showed Michelle, went, this is our logo now. And she went, oh, okay. Also, I'm going to do the program guide. And she was like, wait, I, I don't have to do that? And I went, no. No, you do not. And she was like, uh, okay, th this sounds great. You want to do more work? And I went, oh, yeah. And so that's what ended up happening with me. Man, that, that sounds like the type of person that any convention runner would be, like, desperate to find. Just someone who, you know, volunteers to take these gigantic, you know, somewhat uh, intimidating pieces of the convention and just do it and do it enthusiastically. So basically, that's my roundabout way of saying, like, wow, Basil, you're a big nerd. <laughs> Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really cool, um, just to see you, uh, see how it sort of grew and you just kind of jumped in, uh, which is a great uh, thing for the listeners to hear, because they, too, can just make it happen if they've got a local event going on and they want to get involved just go do it, and more often than not, the people that you're doing it for will be very grateful to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I do think that, uh, I, I, I certainly think you put in a lot of work as far as scheduling a lot of these guests. Uh, I think we we talked about this at some point, talking about you know aiming high as far as guests go. Uh, you know, besides having us on uh, at your convention, we had, you know, I know you guys had AWO, I think the year before I showed up. Uh, for the first time, I think there was Neil Nademan last year, uh, Ed Chavez this year. So there were a lot of a lot of big name guests that I was not expecting to see at, you know, a con in Huntsville. Well, that was a case of one of the things I wanted to do was I had my two dream like guest positions, as it were. I wanted some form of industry guest, and I did want a featured panelist, and, and the goal was. You know, we can have voice actors, and that's great. I, I don't want to besmirch them in any way. They do awesome work when they voice act. They're wonderful guests, many of them, at conventions. Um, certainly all the guests we had were all wonderful. Yeah. And they, con-goers love them. They love going to their panels. Um, but sometimes you need your sides along with your main dish. And you may not realize you need those sides, but you do. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt that was important to have. And so, like, I think our first um, ones was for the industry. I had a, a Carl Gustav Horn from Dark Horse and uh, AWO. And then we've also had, like you said, um, we had Neil Nailman as a translator. We've had a Paul Chapman from Greatest Movie Ever slash um, Otaku USA magazine. Oh yeah, there um, was. he was there. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, we had, uh, like, like you said, um, Ed Chavez a few years, and uh, I've also had y'all like, you know, like, like, and you know, Tobias was one of those um, fun ones where I, I just, I kept because I do the program guide, I, I had to look at people's names of the panels they submit, even if I wasn't choosing panels at the time, and your name just kept popping up, and I'm like, <laughs> who hurt? is this Tobias guy? <laughs> And so I went to a few of your panels and went, okay, he's a very good panelist. 
and I think I went to one of you once, you did at Comic-Con as well, and I'm like, okay, this guy is good, and I remember, like, you know, looking at your stuff, and they're like, well, we don't have feature panels, what do you do, Basil? I'm like, well, there's this Tobias guy, <laughs> and he seems to be very good. He's a big nerd. He's already submitted panels. You know, I, I hate the idea of quote-unquote payment with exposure, but if he's going to be there anyways, I would much just rather blow him up and, and let him get that exposure since he's already going to do the work for me. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it was, a, at least in my case, it was a great uh, trade-off. I, I think uh, the work the work that we do with panels, isn't, not to say it's not work, but it feels weird to take like monetary compensation for what is basically you know just regurgitating information uh, i don't know if everybody feels that way but i feel a little weird about that but i feel i feel like if nothing else you know having you know the name of the program guide being able to provide you know ex- exposure dollars to our podcast i think was a pretty great exchange as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. like i know that, that. Um, another one feature pass we had of uh, Alan Mendez with the Reverse Thieves. Um, like I remember another person, um, Vinny from um, All Geeks Consider. He wants a message like, "Man, thank you so much for having him as a guest at your con. Like the guy needs deserves more like recognition. He does really good work." And I was like, "Well, yes, I I saw his panels at an Oticon one year. Like he does good work. I've I, I've known him for a little bit. And I was like, I was glad to have him. Oh, nice." So yeah, that was that was my other claim to fame. Is that, that those were the things that I like personally like, really pushed for. Yeah, I think that was one of the things I most enjoyed most about Hamicon is you know aside from just doing panels and being able to go down to Alabama for a little bit, is seeing these guests that I just was not expecting. And I, I remember seeing you know Alan from Reversity a few years back, really really great panelist as well. Uh, again, just seeing uh, Ed Chavez the past couple of years, that was pretty cool to see him, you know, wax manga basically, or rather mango, talk about mango, uh, you know, over a couple of panels. It was really, really, really cool and definitely felt above above board. And the other secret tr- trick is, is that y'all are cheaper than voice actors. There aren't any <laughs> appearance fees. It's great. Well, now that you say that... <laughs> We'll have a disappearance fee. You'll have to pay to get rid of us. <laughs> to leave. Oh, oh, don't. Don't you try that. <laughs> You'll be stuck here forever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I left Alabama. I don't really have a desire to go back anytime soon. <laughs> we could always, uh, you could always pay Tori for ASMR videos. Yes, my dream job. <laughs> a silly magical rat videos. Yeah. So let's kind of give a rundown of what we did this weekend. Uh, uh, Austin, do you want to kind of run down what either panels or whatever events you went to or 
that you remember this weekend? Sure, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so let me pull up our schedule here of what we did, because all these conventions, even when they just happened last week, all blur together in my mind. So mm-hmm. uh, on Friday, we started out with doing one of Tobias's uh, sort of, I guess you call them uh, filler panels, I guess, is the Conventioning 101 panel, uh, which has sort of become an ensemble thing now. It's uh, And it's more just... Um, us using our uh, panel stage to uh, complain about things that we've seen in the anime community, or especially conventions, uh, for a bit, and hoping that uh, people will learn from our mistakes and the mistakes that we've witnessed. Um, all that to say, like, Conventioning 101 is pretty pretty straightforward as to what it is. It's just us going through, you know, what, what you should do, what you shouldn't do about uh, going to conventions and, uh, and whatnot, and how you should prepare... Uh, for getting there, what you should do while you're there, and what you should do afterwards. Uh, it's a great mm-hmm. panel. I think it's a lot of fun. Tobias, I think you undersell it a little bit because you've probably done it a bunch, but uh, I always have a lot of fun doing yeah. conventioning one I, I, I think I've only done it once without you guys when I first put it in. Uh, oh, maybe okay. twice. But you're right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of an easy panel since it's just you're just telling you know the audience what things you already know, basically. And I feel That's like true. it feels like I to me wonder, like it's pretty basic. I do wonder, though, like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I uh, say so yeah, I think I feel like it, yeah, it's pretty basic, but I feel like there's a lot of like it's it's meant for newbies, for people who mm-hmm. go to this you know that convention their first time, and there were a couple of people for this was their was their first Amicon, so it was mm-hmm. cool to be able to just you know give some basic information, some some basic wisdom that it feels pretty obvious to me, but the more cons I go to and the more times I you know room with new people or hang out with new people, it's just things they don't know about, things they don't think about. So it's more practical mm-hmm. wisdom that I, I feel like is still pretty useful uh, to whatever con you mm-hmm. go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do kind of wonder, um, we need to do more audience surveys in this way, at least just by raise of hands. It's like, what kind of people come to this panel? Is it people that already know how to con and they've been doing it for a while? Or is it like, I don't know people that truly this is their first con and this is their first panel and they are eager to know exactly how to get how to make all this stuff happen yeah uh i don't i don't know but we did have a few newbies who was just like yeah hamacon's our first con this is 12 30 p.m on a friday um i'd say a good portion of the audience were newbies there were some noobs there were a lot of old people well i mean they didn't raise their hands so i assume they've been doing it for about you know so for whatever reason they want that they want to listen to us they're certainly mm-hmm. allowed to. Uh, if any, like, if sure. anything, they want to pick up from that. I don't think we said anything that's you know wrong during the panel. Mm-hmm. It's not like a uh, you know an informational panel, more like about a series where you can say mm-hmm. wrong facts. Yeah, you, we, we would never of, have the audacity to be incorrect. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been wrong once in my life. <laughs> See, Tori said it. I mean, it, that means it's true. Yeah, I, I would like to point out that you know, at this point, you know, as you know, Sully mentioned with the whole, you know, San Diego Comic Con thing, the concept of a Comic Con is very much now in a much more widespread, more of a mainstream context than it ever used to be. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot more cons than there ever have been. And there's a lot more people going to cons than there ever have been. So having a 101 is a good idea. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen fair. I've seen a lot of people do basically a one on one style panel at most conventions I've been to for a long time. I guess this is just my version of it. Easy, e- easy credit. Yeah, 
And I remember back in back whenever I was a youngin going to my first conventions, like my equivalent of figuring out what a conventioning 101 thing was was like reading, but of course never participating in because that was just not who I was. Uh, reading like forum posts about like people going to or or like people that have been going to conventions for a while and them sharing their uh, um, their. Uh, input i guess their insights yeah. on that and that's how i figure out sort of what to do how to feel my way around these things mm-hmm. in addition to just like this would be something i would do a lot in my early years of uh of conventioning is like going on the cons website and then just reading and rereading in detail every single page on the website oh my uh, like Lord. familiarizing myself with the policies and all the like recommendations and all that stuff because I was just super so. into it. Like my my con bug was really bad for that sort of stuff. Yeah, and I um, sweet wonderful child. Oh uh, well, thank you, <laughs> um, sweet baby angel. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there was never, at least to my knowledge, as being a baby fan starting out in uh, the well, I won't even say what year because I'll make Basil and Tobias feel really <laughs> Shrivel old. Shrivel up and die. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there. To my knowledge, there was not a panel like this. So, you know, okay. 10 years later, if we're able to provide something like that for the youngins, hey, that's. I you think don't that's get a good to call thing. anybody youngins, Mr. I was, Man. I, I was going to say, one youngin, of my first sorry. panels I've ever did was a Convention 101. Well, thank you, Edwin, for uh, making the panel that uh, we all deserve. We stole it. Mm hmm. Well, the next one is uh, Tobias and Edwin. I think Edwin was on here. Maybe this is the uh, no, Sonic the Hedgehog panel. Yep, I did redid Sonic that I previously had done for playthrough, and also an amazement, and it went pretty mm-hmm. well. Pretty usual. Every the people there seem to enjoy it. They seem to be pretty diehard fans. Uh, it went exactly like I expected it to. Not really much more did to say. Did huh? you present it really, really fast? Uh. I guess there's a lot of material to cover in that, so I do have to give it pretty fast in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it was a it was a fun way to. I guess it wasn't Friday morning; it was Friday uh, evening at that point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was a good way to kind of get started after after our main convention panel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're and- saying you did get down, get down with the quickness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we all got got down with the quickness there. Uh, it seems Tori oh, got down wow. with the sickness. Oh man, that's going on to the Patreon bonus. <laughs> Austin sings disturbed covers. <laughs> it can't be any worse than uh, what's that band you like? My Chemical Romance. That yeah. You could you could have said anything and it would have been that. <laughs> that is that band I like. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be any worse than than Vocal of the Black Parade. <laughs> Yeah, sure. That song's not like a classic of our time or anything. But anyway. It's a classic of your um, time. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Uh, then uh, for um, some reason, Basil did allow us to participate in the opening ceremonies, which we are endlessly grateful for, even though, yes. gosh darn, I don't never know what to say whenever I go up there. So I just kind of ramble, as I'm known to do. Um, but that was cool. It was neat. It's always neat to see like the whole the lineup of all the guests that are coming through see them all in one place and to see them uh you know just go up and present what they're going to be talking about that weekend so uh i don't go to a lot of opening ceremonies because most of the time we're either like checking in or doing a panel ready for panels exactly Mm -hmm. doing a panel 
or whatever, so I, I miss a lot of them. But the ones that we do get to go to are always very enjoyable. Same with the closing ceremonies. And I know, Tori, you can speak to that because you went to your very first closing ceremony this year. Yeah. And I think you had a really good time. I did, yeah. It was, um, I don't know why I never went to one. I think it was just because I was, you know, trying to say goodbyes to people that I had been hanging out with over the weekend and stuff. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun and being able to actually, like, sit up there and do it and feel like a fancy real adult guest uh was really cool and then tobias you and my absent brother did a brand new panel about comedy anime so how'd that go it went really well uh so this is one that andrew had had an idea at least for a year now uh just because he and i have very similar taste as far as comedy is concerned similar ideas about some of the shortcomings of comedy and anime uh so he sort of led the charge on this one mostly planned this out i just kind of contributed randomly uh throughout but it went really well uh we showcased some of our favorite shows uh including uh pat labor uh golden boy most famously uh urusei yatsura and uh nichijo nichijo absolutely mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, i think we ran a little long we probably should have put in a two-hour panel or cut some clips but i think it's when you have all your favorite stuff there it's kind of hard uh, to cut cut back you know and comedy is so hard because there's so many anime that are comedies with quotes and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I do like how you've structured it as like a going through the decades sort of thing. Right. Um, it's not just a, hey, look at me. I'm going to talk about my favorite comedies um, and show clips and stuff. But uh, you guys structured it in a way that it's like, here's how comedy changes and stays the same throughout the decades of anime exactly yeah i I do agree that this panel should be a two-hour panel because then you'll be able to showcase a wider range of comedy um i did enjoy how for each decade you brought um some you know pop culture items as examples to remind you of that decade mm-hmm. <laughs> that was entirely andrew like i can't take credit for that mm-hmm. so for instance the the aughts was uh the original ipad classic and a motorola razor <laughs> which i haven't thought of I a think... motorola razor in about 10 years i'm pretty sure uh, andrew just stole that from sully's nintendo i was panel. just about to say it but i yeah. wanted to be nice oh, so okay. i'm glad you took the the bullet for me there yeah, I mean it's a it's a good gag, so it's it's always helpful to put people in that frame of mind. Yeah, exactly. Be like we are traveling back in time <laughs> to the to the Motorola Razor years mm-hmm. before good the times. iPhone. Question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean that was pretty much it. It was a new panel we had put on, and it worked out really well. I think it's something we'll probably uh, continue to do and revise, and we'll I'll, I'll get on him to submit it for awa for sure so i think that mm-hmm. would work out in a two-hour slot like we mentioned it but would. uh uh but then right after we had a, a tori's tori's like horror block right after mm-hmm. from 10 until midnight you had yeah. two panels prime uh, four to, hours give a little run down there <laughs> um i did my horror anime panel i added a few new things to that um but i had a suggestions from uh, Animazement. I keep forgetting to put that Zombieland Saga wrapping clip in there, so mm. please somebody remind me to do that. You um, certainly haven't taken any um, 
any recommendations from me because you keep no. doing this panel month after month, year after I'm year. I'm doing it just And there's no you, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. <laughs> I know you're doing it despite me, Tori. <laughs> I know point, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I had that, and then I had my Jinji Ito panel, and that went over very well. I added yeah. a couple of new things here and there, but it was a very small turnout because um, I realized that this was a convention with a lot of children, so they were not probably allowed to stay out that late, <laughs> um, even at 18 years old. But um, it, it's actually scarier to me to do a panel to, like, 12, 15 people versus, like, a room full of people because I can kind of just phase out the room full versus, like, the 10 people that I have to make eye contact with regardless. Right. <laughs> um, but that was, that was nice. I had good engagement and... Um, I ran into one of the attendees, I think the day after in the elevator, and he was just like, yeah, so I'm not going to watch most of that, but you showed a couple things that I'm interested in. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, I'd say in the panel world, that would be a resounding success because like, yeah. like Tobias outlined on Twitter the other day talking about andrew watching dirty pair you were just like oh my gosh finally one person has watched something yeah. that i've recommended <laughs> massive w- success yeah i wonder when my check from instagram is going to come out i'm an influencer exactly. yeah, you're an influencer yeah, yeah. new lifestyle I, I mean i mean yeah i mean there have been times that like adibly and other cons where people come back like oh yeah thanks for recommending that like manga or anime or whatever that was really good i wouldn't have watched it otherwise and that's like okay my life has now been validated. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, well, so while we're, while we're on that subject, I will say, Basil, it is you that inspired me to watch both Chihaya Furu and actually watch Planetas. God, those are good. Yeah, they really are. I remember you did a panel at AWA a few years back. It was like, a, what is it? How you get your anime groove back? Something like yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah you, should, you should do that panel again. It's, it's a pretty good panel. Uh, I would have not watched those shows had it not been for that. I'm gonna have to look into that again. I haven't done mm-hmm. like a, a purely like anime anime panel in like a minute. Yeah. Because I kind of became more of a manga snob, but I'll have to I'll think about that. Mm-hmm. I will say another another shout out to Basil. Uh, this was before we met, I believe, maybe a day or so before we met at the food trucks at Awa. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, Tori and I went to your um, oh gosh, what's it called? The uh, how to yeah. read manga and watch anime legally. That panel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because of you, I use because.moe quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so useful. It's so useful. It, it really is. And if you guys, if you listeners are not familiar, because.moe is basically a website you can go to and type in the name of any anime show, and it will show you where it is streaming. Uh, if it's not currently streaming, it'll just say no results, uh, which sad day for you if that's if that's the case. But uh, if it is available on streaming, it will show you where it is, and it pro- it will provide you links, and it stays very well updated. God bless whatever otaku still keep that keeps that thing maintained. Heck yeah! Just, just bless them. Mm-hmm. All right, so that uh, takes us to Saturday, uh, where we start off with another. Uh, community therapy session with uh, how to make the anime community a better place which I always forget, Tobias, that you frame this panel as how to make anime conventions a better place, which I think is a more directed way because like community is very broad yeah. um, so I, I kind of I kind of like that better because like, gosh how to make the anime community a better place is like man, that could easily be a two hour panel mm-hmm. 
I mean, this kind of came out of that live podcast we did a triad a while back. That yeah. uh, that it wasn't it wasn't actually you that lost the audio that time when we did that. No, it wasn't. So I can't I, mean, I can't never, blame you for that. <laughs> no, we're never gonna let John live that down, are we? Yeah. Well, he just never shows up anymore, so that's how he that's got true. out of that. He is still alive. I'll, I'll give that report. So uh, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much just our our continual take on that. Pretty much, uh, we have the general idea. I know we did like uh, online surveys. Uh, mm-hmm. We got some responses. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. There were people that yeah. responded to that survey, uh, and yeah, if you we, would still like to fill it out yourself, it is still open. It will be in the show notes. But yeah, we got responses. Will it, will it Austin? Does it have to yes. be? Yes. <laughs> Does it have to be? <laughs> yes, I crave. Uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was it was a good discussion about things you can do to just to make yourself better, to help make everybody else better. Uh, if you wanted to get more info about it, I guess you'll have to show up to one of those times where you're on it. Then after that, we did, uh, Tori and I did Disney in Japan, which was, again, another very fun panel. Um, mm-hmm. That panel is always a lot of fun, just talking about the history between Disney and Japan. But we have talked about that on this panel before, so we won't continue into that. But, uh, Tobias, I don't think you've talked about this panel before um, on the podcast. So tell us about your N64 panel. Okay, uh, I mean, that's one I've been doing for a couple of years now. It's getting a little long in the tooth, but uh, I was most uh, surprised and pleasantly surprised, honestly, that it was accepted for Hama. Uh, but it, it's pretty, pretty uh, straightforward. I mean, it's one of those video game panels I do because I really enjoyed, uh, you know, this franchise as a kid and wanted to revisit it, just like I do with, you know, Sonic and uh, like the like the Zelda panel I've done in years prior. Uh, it's just kind of an overview of some of the the big games that came out for this console. Uh, I get to, you know, talk about some of the history of these games and how they were developed. Uh, I feel like as a whole, the N64s that era of gaming has been kind of skipped over. The uh, the older crowd is the kind of looks down their noses at it. Very much thinks of retro gaming as being eight bit and sixteen bit and like a you know Super Nintendo Genesis uh, like centric. But then the isn't newer, the, uh, mm-hmm. isn't the Retronauts rule like something becomes retro whenever it turns ten? Yeah, that, that's the that's that's, mm-hmm. that's the Retronauts rule for sure. But I feel like mm-hmm. just the general culture, uh, and I feel like I mentioned that also myself being you know early thirties that a lot of people my age just have kind of skipped over this in their nostalgia nostalgia goggles. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. kind of was like, well, it doesn't age well. It doesn't look good. It's not good because I say it's not. And I kind of feel like there's a lot of good memories there, both both here and I would say in, you know the, the the sister console PlayStation. Even though I didn't really play PlayStation as a kid uh, personally, I, I still feel like there's a lot of good stuff there as far as the, you know gaming history is concerned. How are you forgetting about the Sega Saturn? Uh, I didn't really forget about it, Edwin. <laughs> it's better than N64 in my opinion. You, sh- you should do a panel on it. I would I would sponsor your panel. Thank you. But uh, with, I'd go I mean, to it. I mean, I specifically have nostalgia for this console. Uh, I get to talk about you know a lot of the dev stuff, a lot of interesting stories there, and I get to tell everyone to go play Mischief Makers, which is the best game of all time. If you haven't played Mischief Makers yet, you should change that as soon as you can. Mischief Makers rules. Shake, shake. <laughs> yep. A whole lot of shit. Um, but, uh, well, I would say don't worry about that, Tobias. Um, I, I, I think the nostalgia way for the N64 is it, it's starting to, that, that wave is starting to crest. Um, I think we're getting to that point in time where a lot of kids, a lot of their first consoles was, in fact, the N64. 
and they're getting to be in their 20s and stuff now. It, yep. It's going to happen. I have a friend who owns a local game shop who can't keep N64 consoles or games in stock. That just oh, wow. shows how popular That's it awesome. is. That's awesome. No, guys, we must skip right over it and go directly into PlayStation 2 nostalgia. <laughs> you uh, One of these days, when you hit 30, when you hit 30, <laughs> not if, that'll happen. Also, Edwin, you should totally do a Sega Saturn panel, although it should be probably primarily Japanese games. Because that's, that's where all the really good stuff exactly, was. Exactly, that's my library currently. <laughs> Edwin, where's your Wonderswan panel? Uh, <laughs> stay tuned. Watch for it at Awa. <laughs> Ooh, we get I'd, I'd go. You, <laughs> I'd no, go too. You should you should do that for sure. Like uh, underrepresented consoles, whether like you know portable or, or not. So just something mm-hmm. nothing like that would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Edwin, do but, it. I know a year or two ago, I actually did a PlayStation One panel. Okay. Um, and that that was received pretty well. So no, that there is nostalgia for that for that era. It's mm-hmm. it, and it's only going to get more pronounced. I think Sony would have had something special with that PlayStation Classic if they had only Oof. actually yeah. done it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have one right here on my shelf, but the only reason I have one is because Tori was able to use that sweet, sweet GameStop discount. Yep. Um, well, after his uh, six, after your uh, 64 panel, Tobias, Tori and I did uh, the panel we mentioned earlier, uh, Excellence in the Ordinary, uh, celebrating Kyoto Animation. Or a look at Kyoto Animation. I haven't decided which title I'm going to go for permanently, but I think both sound pretty good. But anyway, um, yeah, we just, it was the same panel that we did for um, Animazement this year where we debuted it, and we just basically go through the history of KyoAni, which is very fascinating. Uh, talk about all the wonderful people that work there, all the wonderful projects they've made, and sort of what their, um, you know, their um, mark on anime has been in the last, uh, you know, 15 years or so since they've been highly active but um yeah every like this is our second time doing it and i i love that panel like it was really tough to do it this time it was a lot of emotions emotions were really running high um but it's just such a great panel i love it Mm -hmm. i can't wait to keep doing it you know i was on the verge of crying constantly yeah (laughs) so that was that was rough but it was really fun and Mm -hmm. everybody was really engaged and that was nice they were they were it was a surprisingly large uh crowd considering that was a substituted uh panel that was not reflected in the guidebook or the uh the or the you know board out front uh it was just changed on the app but uh apparently people saw it and they showed up and they were not confused so it's all good um, and then after that, uh, I did my 10 anime movies panel, which is basically the same as always, where I pick 10 anime movies that I want people to watch that I think they missed for some reason, either because they weren't born yet, or it just wasn't available until recently, or it like just came out in theaters or something like that. And it was mostly the same lineup as I did it at uh, AWA, but I did put in... Um, I added two new movies. I put uh, Paprika in for the first time because I wanted to start rotating more Satoshi Kon stuff back in now that his stuff is becoming much more accessible with Perfect Blue getting re-released on Blu-ray and Millennium Actress. Of course on UMD. Um, uh, And uh, Millennium Actress coming to theaters soon. Um, But of course I would put neither of those in it and jump straight for Paprika because... I have mad nostalgia for that one. Um, 
and uh, I also added in Whisper of the Heart because I saw it for the first time in theaters not too long ago, and gosh darn it was it good. Such a good film. So underrated. So um, had to go in and put at least one Ghibli thing in there. But I know, Tobias, you would be happy with me because that's your favorite Ghibli movie, yep. right? I keep talking about it. No one ever goes yeah. to see it. It's really good. Drive down those country roads and <laughs> go buy yourself a copy. Man, that's another another uh, drive home memory is uh, Tori queuing up <laughs> that song. <laughs> Freaking Spotify uh, meme playlist. Oh, that was so very cursed. But you know what? It kept everybody awake. It so. Did. I did, for better or worse. <laughs> Even Austin, he didn't drive the whole time. I know. <laughs> I drove the first time. That's true. <laughs> Anyway, Tobias, your uh, your um, flagship panel. Yep, uh, Surrealism and Anime was ten Saturday night. I uh, only had about an hour to do it, so I had to quickly uh, blaze through that. I've done it an hour's time slot a couple times, but not in a while. So uh, I tried to add some new stuff, but it really came out to be more of a uh, you know an older greatest hits version of the panel. I, I guess people had fun. It's uh, they always enjoy. I feel like. I get a better response from the comedy stuff. Like, I play some Pop Team Epic. Uh, everybody loves the Nichijou clip with the deer and the, and the principal. That, that's a classic. <laughs> and uh, I always like to try to shove in Guda Guda Fairies at the end. It's one of those things that I don't feel like enough people have seen Guda Guda. Uh, so I hope that I've encouraged somebody to go watch that weird, weird anime. And, uh,. Uh, the next, we woke up the, the very next morning here, another bright and early 10 a.m. panel. I did a, a Smash Brothers as History, in which I kind of just go through a lot of the spirits and trophies and assist trophies from the Smash games, uh, mainly Ultimate, and just kind of talk about their place in Nintendo history. Uh, I feel like Smash Brothers is really good. Uh, on top of making everybody really mad at Smash players, uh, Smash Brothers the game is really good at uh, really honoring Nintendo's history and some of the more um, obscure elements. So I wanted to, to highlight some of those, and that's kind of what that panel was. More people than I thought would show up at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, it was still fairly sparsely attended overall, but uh, maybe about 20 people in the audience. Mm-hmm. Now this uh, begs a mild tangent because... Um, if people would remember, I was briefly on convention staff for Super Famicom because my boss at the time was the convention head, and he sort of appointed me as like one of the major staffers for that. And Edwin, oh well, all of you guys were there except for Basil, but don't worry, Basil, you didn't miss too much. <laughs> um, but anyway, one of my things thinking about Super Famicom 3 after Super Famicom 2 wrapped up, unfortunately it did not come to pass because the convention is now defunct, but I was thinking, you know, what if we actually... Because it, it was a... 
it was both a like a video game uh, convention in addition to a tournament series. So I was thinking in um, looking to the next year how we could sort of meld those two worlds um, to sort of create a more harmonious conventioning atmosphere. Because half of the con felt like just a big tournament, and the other half felt like basically an anime convention. So I was thinking, well, why don't we just have panels with Smash players talking about Smash, like either as a game or as a community or what have you. Now, Edwin, you're much more familiar with this community than I am. So do you think that would be something that people would gravitate to? Like, would they want to come to a panel with famous Smash players actually talking about the game that they of play? Course. Or do they only really care about watching people play No, no, it. I would say it's a lot about the personalities themselves. I mean, that's the reason why people mm -hmm. tune into watching people on Twitch in the first place. Mm -hmm. half, half the fun is actually watching the people talk about the game they love, how the community can be improved. A lot of what you see on Twitter can be uh, re-explored as a panel instead. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was just what I was thinking about, because, like, a panel... Now, I admit, I did not go to Tobias's panel, but I know his, how his panels typically go. Wow. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> you know what that means. That means so many things. Anyway, um, but yeah, I was thinking, you know, what if we took the idea of what Tobias does in, in that sort of context? We're talking about the, the meta of Smash and sort of using that to get the, the people there for the tournament into the more con part of it, I guess. So this is all hypothetical at this point. If somebody wants to steal that idea, go for it. But uh, I think it's yeah, kind of. I was just had those things in my in my brain at the time. Or if someone wants to run Super Famicom Three. All right, Basil, you need another con to work on. <laughs> We're gonna do. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I will say that um, my uh, one of our older the older events director Adam Perry uh, for Hamacon, he's very much in the fighting game scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Like right now, he's really into uh, the new uh, iteration of Samurai Showdown, yeah. which mm -hmm. is very good, by the way. Everyone should play it and buy it. Please give us SNK money now. Um, mm -hmm. But he used to do like fighting game panels that were pretty well attended, oh, okay. uh, and it was very much a um, trying to communicate like a how to play fighting games, but also how to interact and sort of deal with the fighting game community because there are sort of sort of unspoken rules, as far as I can understand. And, on how they see how things should work. Mm -hmm. um, so I could totally see that. Also, I'd like to point out that I think half the fun of going to any of the X games done quick is, A, watch people break the game, but also having someone commentating on how exactly they're breaking the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I was actually going to mention yeah. that too, because uh, sure, we see the stream and the people playing the games, but I know there is a bit of a commission that happens at the GDQ stuff. Uh, I don't know if they actually do panels per se, but I, I do know there's a community there. Uh, I've seen enough people talk about it, you know, behind the scenes. So I think that's it's very easy to meld that Twitch-driven, uh, you know, personality-driven viewership, like tournament scenes, like GDQ kind of stuff, and also more casual audience participation. Mm -hmm. Somebody should do it though, because I'm not about to start a convention just to do that. <laughs> Me no, those neither. cost money. Yeah. <laughs> they do? They're not free? What? They don't just give you hotels and things like that? Oh, God, that'd make things so much easier. No. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, 
Well, the next thing we did on Sunday after the Smash Bros panel, or right after, I ran from main events over to the big panel room for the podcasting roundtable with uh, Basil and Kevin of the Awesome Cast. Yeah, um, Basil sprung it on me the day before that we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies who that we did a pan, that we did a podcast episode on, but I lost the audio because I did not click the um, the all important red button uh, on it, so we lost it. But uh, we did a live podcast on the night of short walk on girl. Yep, it was a good discussion. I think it went really well considering it was pretty much off the cuff. Uh, pretty much improvised, just like our podcasts usually are. But uh, apparently yeah. it was recorded. Apparently there was video. Mm-hmm. There was this uh, really funny moment, though, that I hope was captured, that when I realized the video was a thing, uh, I, like, had a little freak out, and the techie was just, like, like nodding and giving me a thumbs up, and I was pointing at the screen, and we had this whole, like, silent exchange of <laughs> excitement about the video. So I hope that was that was a thing. Very wholesome. Yeah. If nothing else, it was a fun uh, panel. Hopefully, it will be a fun yeah. podcast. I think that'd be great to finally have our voices talking about a night is short on the internet. Mm-hmm. God forbid mm-hmm. we do it a third time. God forbid. Third <laughs> yeah. time's the charm. Yeah. God of used books forbid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah. We 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 had mentioned it in chats before. Like, hey, we we should do a thing. And I was like. You know what? I've never, you know, I, I haven't done a podcast around him in forever, and I was like, uh, I don't really just want to talk about how to podcast. That's at this point, you grab a microphone, you turn Audacity on, and you go. Mm-hmm. But the whole Retronauts concept of we do live shows and we actually talk about a subject, I'm like, why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just do that. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. We should we should repeat that for AWA. Yeah, Not a we bad should. Idea. Who's, which one of us is submitting it? It should be y'all. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll submit it. <laughs> uh, we'll do it. All right. Awesome. Yep. Done. So moving right along, uh, we, we Sunday was probably, I felt like, our most dense day. I think we yeah. all had something to do. At least I did. But we right after that, uh, Austin and I presented our older anime for new fans panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much the same as it's always been. Let's be fair. I we I added Dirty Pair back when we did an Animazement, and that's pretty much the newest edition. Maybe free to be able to dig a little deeper and get some new new ideas, but mm-hmm. who knows? But then right after that, uh, you were we in the same room for three hours. Uh, right after that, you had your Kingdom Hearts panel. Mm-hmm. Well, do uh, Tori and Edwin, do you guys want to talk about how Collecting 101 went? Because I know we kind of threw... Yeah, we yeah. kind of threw that on you guys at the last minute for a substitution thing, but uh, yeah, how'd that go? Uh, I think it went well. Yeah, for um, what we had, like that last minute in that big old, big old room, which was really intimidating, um, and there were a couple people that came in, sat down, and I just very, uh, in my best professional voice, was like, if you're here for Tiffany Grant, you get us now. Sorry. And this guy just straight up got up and walked out. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so funny. But um, the people who stayed were cool, and they listened to what we had to say. And um, I got to talk about my weird collection of vintage medical equipment for 2.5 seconds. Wait, what? And then, yeah, because we talked about... <laughs> that was the exact reaction I got from everybody else. Um so what's, what's the weirdest I, item in your collection the single weirdest item me 
Yeah, it's you. You're not medical device. Um, it's not a medical device, but oh god, this is so weird, and I hate to admit this, but the weirdest item <laughs> in that particular collection would be my own wisdom teeth in a jar in a very old vintage medical <laughs> that's, jar. That is definitely weird. <laughs> that is weird, <laughs> that's but that's me. Toy. That's very. That's, that's on pretty heavy metal. Me. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's very on brand for me. Um, maybe I'll I'll dig them out and post a picture, but we'll see. Put them back um, in your mouth. I am gonna put them back <sighs> in my mouth, but uh, that one was really cool because we had a couple people um, come up and talk to us yeah. uh, at the end of it, and they um, were definitely very interested were... in like our, our opinions and whatnot. Yeah, oh, cool. which is like, oh my god, there's two men here that do not know me and they're interested in what I have to say about something. Holy crap. And they were both <laughs> very nice about it. They, we, yeah, yeah we, uh, we took, what, like 10 minutes or so talking with them after the panel was ending. And it, mm-hmm. it took until oh, yeah. the staffers had to kick us out because the next panel was about to start before we left. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt kind of bad about that, but like time had kind of slipped away. But no, they were, they were very knowledgeable about what they were talking about and the one guy kept surprising me by the things that he would say in a very good way um because it was uh, not what i normally hear from people so it was mm. very 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 good conversation mm-hmm. there was a guy that came up to you and straight up apologized for his conduct <laughs> yeah that was a strange experience yeah even though I, even though you said that like you didn't think anything bad but anyway no, no, I'll, I'll let I, you talk I, about it i did not take his behavior um hold on i have to sneeze <laughs> nice um thank you i did not take what he said to me in the first place rude at all and i and i know sometimes like when I do late panels, <laughs> also I had drank a little bit. So when I am doing late night panels, I start to get very tired. So when people start like talking to me at the end of it, it probably comes across like I'm like totally disinterested in what they're saying to me because I know I'll be like, uh huh, oh really? That's cool. Okay, I'll look into that and then leave. <laughs> uh, I do want to. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I do want to highlight how nice everyone I interacted with this past weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only, um, just a side tangent, the only, like, rude experience I had were people sitting outside of a panel room screaming. Um, but that's not directly related to, like, anything else. That's just general, I wish people had more etiquette when they realize that there are people in a room trying to listen. You don't need to be sitting right outside of a panel room screaming about Hatalia in 2019. I mean, that was Basil. You could have just said that to him. He would have taken <laughs> wow. the criticism. Um, anyway, so... Um, just add him next time. Yeah, I will. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Twitter fight. Um, I, I completely forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah, so um, he apologized. His behavior was not as bad as it came across or as he thought it came across and I totally get that because I always feel like everybody thinks I'm like really rude and really mean when I don't mean to be it's just I'm very like in my head most of the time and have a very like strong RBF and I apologize (laughs) um but no that was nice nobody has ever nobody's ever done that to me at a convention before so I was very taken aback by that um Usually, it's, like, really mean things that get said afterwards, so to have somebody actually come up and apologize, like, in a very serious matter, 
like, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to come across that way. Um, I hope I didn't upset you. It was like a huge deal. Nobody does that. People are afraid to apologize. So that's that's good, good con behavior, everyone. Mm-hmm. I guess that um, making the anime convention a better place panels paying off. I guess yes. so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, you did your Kingdom Hearts panel. Do you want to talk any more uh, about that? Uh, not really. I added in some Kingdom Hearts 3 content, you know, now that the game's actually out and I could talk about it. And I, I kept it relatively spoiler free, as I, as I try and do for that panel at least, because it's more of like a developmental history and yeah. somewhat of a history of the Kingdom Hearts fandom. I do talk about the games in terms of like story a little bit, but not, not too much, just because there's so much content to cover. Um, but again, I, I showed people the little mini documentary from 2014 that Square made uh, with their uh, fans talking about how much they love the franchise. And I made like five people cry. So, I mean, if, if I can show people that d- little documentary and make people cry, then that is a successful Kingdom Hearts panel in my book. Mm-hmm. It's so heartwarming. It really did, is. Did you show that really weird E3 trailer where clearly there should have been voice acted lines, but there was no voice acting going on? <laughs> that I made did. me cry. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes Tetsuya Nomura makes me cry in a bad way, and sometimes mm-hmm. he makes me cry in a good way. And I'll leave it up to the fans to figure out which which is which. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it went well. It always it always seems to go well. You know, Kingdom Hearts nostalgia is very powerful right now. Uh, it yeah. has been for the last couple of years. So um, yeah, it's a good panel. It's very, it's solid. Very true. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we ended our uh, track that weekend with 2019 anime in review. Uh, pretty much, these are fun. Let's keep doing these. Yeah. I like these. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And a lot of people, you know, attend because it's a fresh new thing. Uh, I think that was probably the fullest panel uh, we've had all weekend. At least mm-hmm. my experience. It was packed at um, Animazement as well. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I think the fullest one. I, I think we did it all weekend, from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to show new stuff. Uh, a lot of people in the audience who have seen this stuff, so they, they're kind of in on some of the jokes. They like to have their you know good taste uh, reaffirmed. So mm-hmm. they, get, they get that enjoyment that way. And for the people that aren't really caught up, they get to you know see previews for some of the new good stuff. So I feel like it's, mm-hmm. it's good for whoever, whatever kind of audience shows up. It works. Yes. Right. Uh, I wish I got to show a little more of the new stuff, but we just don't really have enough time. Uh, we'll have to edit that somehow when the season's over. But uh, no, it was good to show a little more stars on my and Carol and Tuesday and uh, you know all the other stuff. There's so many good shows airing this season. There are, mm-hmm. and I feel like Tobias. Uh, I will say that this panel was where our brand new joke got solidified. Which which, which one? was that? <laughs> oh, you did do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I just yeah. No, everybody in the audience is just like really confused because uh, if they hadn't seen you. it, <laughs> I wish I had cut a little bit into that just to get my idea of what sorry what's really Elba Sars on my yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, but sorry's on my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, I got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did, Basil. <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> no, no, it's it's uh, yeah, you're right. It's a lot of fun. It's uh for whatever reason you go to a panel, I think it's it's a good way. And I, I like the fact that I mean I try to 
put in a lot of stuff that we all watched. I, I feel like it's a lot of stuff I watch, but I don't know. Like I, I guess I feel like I like I like putting like Fruba in there because I know you guys really like Fruba and mm-hmm. JoJo's and stuff. Things that maybe I'm not yeah. watching myself, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of stuff like Dororo, for instance, where uh, we all watch that. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy yeah, for think, all of us. I think you picked a good selection. Um, most everything on there, I, I mean, at least speaking from my perspective, I have seen a little bit of or am familiar with, at least on some small level. Yeah. Um, and I think that was kind of true for everyone up there, except maybe Andrew, because he's kind of been um, not as plugged in this year as he typically is. But, you know, he get he gets his moments to talk about, you know, Kaguya-san, Love is War, which I know he is really digging. Yeah. Yeah, that one is one that keeps falling off my radar. And then, I'm like, oh yeah, I really should watch this. Yeah, I really should finish Dororo. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to finish that one too. Like, I was like, dang, come it, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's just yeah, so sorry. much. It's I, I'm behind. I, I finished Kaguya somehow, but I haven't. I I honestly, I'm sitting on Carol on Tuesday. I'm sitting on Dororo. Uh, yeah, I'm so bad at catching up. Even stars well, on my head just stumped. In less than six months, we will have a best of 2019 episode to record, so you guys better get on it. You're editing that one. Yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> I, I'll remind you, ADBA is on the beginning of November, which means majority of shows are going to be out. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. For season three. And then that, that sleeper fall season is going to hit somewhere around there, too, and hopefully we'll get something as good as Zombieland Saga again, but oh, I will yeah. not hold my breath. That was basically the weekend for us, but uh, Basil, how did your panels go? They went fine. Um, so I did opening ceremonies, mm-hmm. uh, which this had the least amount of technical difficulties of opening ceremonies yet. So yes, got it right on the last one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> it only took 10 Amicons. God, you were not there the la- last year. It was, oh, everything went wrong. And I was just like, we, we tested everything out. It was all working perfectly. Then when opening ceremonies hit, it all went wrong. And we were all like, what? I was cell-shocked. It was not fun. So anyways, what worked well also, um, I did my pain train, which is my stupid clip show. Mm -hmm. Um, Showed wonderful stupid clips. Um, I had to tell a person, it's like, I didn't catch it. What'd you show? I'm like, oh man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It was like... Like, the pain train is very much a almost a stream of consciousness <laughs> sort of thing, where I, I know I started with, with a real song. Um, I ended with Satellite Young um, Rickrolling Us, and <laughs> I made sure I had several things, at least one clip of Hard Gay, and uh, some of the Ninja Turtles coming out of the Shells tour. Because <laughs> that was forever ago, and when I was like 10 or 12... That was the first ever mus- musical or concert I ever went to. <laughs> wow. And I, I, I've been a giant weeb my entire life and just never knew it. Um, <laughs> let's see. Saturday, while y'all were uh, telling us how to be actually good people, I always tell people how to waste their money in gotcha games. <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. By uh, doing my, uh, ex- my expose of Psy Games. 
Um, so don't worry, that panel did have zombie girls rapping, so it was covered. Excellent. Um, and weirdly, I felt I also did my own three panels in a row thing, so don't so don't just feel bad. I did it to myself too, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Solidarity. And um, I followed that with my Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, based off the new expansion, Shadowbringers. And I apologize. It also did not feature Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. It really should have. <laughs> um, which then I had to make a, a beeline from the big panel room all the way to the little panel room so I can then do how to find anime and manga legally. Which is uh, similar in that to one 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 panels where it's it's important to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important to have so some people don't know where to actually get this stuff and not be terrible pirate sites that are designed to put spyware in your computer. Mm-hmm. Is KISS anime legal? Uh, uh, let me tell you, there is a service called Manga Box by DNA, and it's not Manga Fox. <laughs> That's Im- important distinction. It is important distinction. Um, and then on Sunday, I did the podcast roundtable, which we talked about, which was very fun. Which then followed up with the uh, anime and manga industry of Ed and Friends with Ed and Chavez and myself. That was I a great prob- panel. That's the one. That's the one Basil experience I did get to have. That was a good one. Which was literally just myself and Ed sort of interviewing each other. Mm-hmm. Like I almost wish we had recorded it, but then he dropped some truth bombs because he wasn't being recorded. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that was. But that was fun. And then, of course, I hosted closing ceremonies, which normally is followed up by a tell us how to do the con better next year, which, of course, we didn't do because it was, you know, over. And Mm -hmm. that felt weird. Yeah. Mm. But then I that and that was and that was it. The door closed and another opens the the car door to go home. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, aside from just the like the panel content, how did your weekend as as director of Awesome go? Oh, it was it was awesome. Uh, it was great. Like everyone was, was, you know, well there was a melancholy moments for sure, but there were a lot of folks that came up and said, "Hey, thanks for running this con for so long. We really appreciate it." A lot of people also were like, "Hey, is there gonna be a mini con?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no." Did you not listen? <laughs> like, no, this is it. Like, you know, what I mentally did not say was, like, yo, I think the Minicon is partially what killed us, so, like, I know it was fun, but let's not hope too much for those things. Um, mm-hmm. Let's say one con a year is a good idea. <laughs> Two mm-hmm. cons a year, I don't know. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's, I, I, I love, like, for example, our tech crew was, turn, it, eventually they had crazy ideas that I asked them for. Which, you know, I, I've harped on about with our confidence monitors and, and having some weird, like, it's a pseudo live streaming situation going on, which I still don't know how they broke OBS to their will. <laughs> um, which, like, you know, Tobias mentioned, yeah, we had some technical difficulties to, to, to get it working, but now it feels like it's a much more well-oiled machine that just does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am sad that no matter what happens in the future, I don't know if that system will ever get used again. And I'm going to be stuck at every every other con just with a standard, well, here's your HDMI to projector. Here's the cable to the sound system. 
Hope it works. Yeah, I will say that the Hamacon uh, panel AV system is an enviable system that every convention should try and emulate. It is fantastic. Yeah, like, it, it's so much better than, like, you know, I, I work for them, but when I had to do my, uh, I think it was my 14 pound Momocon, just for whatever reason, I have a brand new Dell, like, G7 laptop. Like, I got it in, like, February, and just for some reason, it refused to accept my audio. Everyone else has been fine, and so we had to place the freaking microphone to my laptop <laughs> speaker for it to work, and it worked. I've been there. But, like, I, but yeah, no, I don't have that, I did not have that problem at Hamacon. We, yeah. we fixed it. Hey, do you guys do you guys remember at AWA maybe two years ago I had to do a panel without a table? Yeah. What? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you put your computer on the chair or something? Uh, no, I put it on my lap. On your lap, even worse. <laughs> yeah, I think it was last year. I think. Yeah. Was that last year? Okay. I think it was. God, I, that, think, I think it was because Tori was in the uh, like the fashion show and they were setting up right before oh, yeah, your panel. that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> stole my table. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, it was our fault. That yes, was. it's all coming yeah. together now. I'm so sorry. Well, no, you're not. Because... No, it, was, it wasn't your fault. It was because somebody else had told them that you guys could not mm -hmm. use the room that you were supposed to use, yes. so you had to move to a room that you weren't supposed to use and yes. steal my table. Yes, because the room that we were originally supposed to use is a huge tangent, but the room that we were originally supposed to use is like our green room to do hair and makeup and like um like trying on stuff got taken from us so they were just like here you go use this room it's fine mm -hmm. take everything you need take a table take a chair there's take just our some whole staff. there's just some panel nerd talking about what 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 the name yeah and like i it was so funny because we were in there doing hair and makeup and thank god nobody was changing because people kept coming in there going is this the watanabe panel is this the watanabe, watanabe panel and i'm like no it got moved over there stop coming in here <laughs> the other thing you took away was austin's dignity yeah that's true, that's true. i love that, that hotel room yeah that's a good point <laughs> I lost oh. that whenever I started going to anime cons. But anyway. Valid. Okay, so a further back in the day AWA tangent. Uh, AWA 5 was a year that cosplay skits died. Mm -hmm. At no. AWA. Uh, yeah. it was wow, bad. they killed them that quickly? Okay, that was... It was... Oh, man. Like, <laughs> uh, back in the day, they with the skits, you, you had to submit, like, audio CDs for them to play. Mm. Okay. Oh well, people started finding their friends and switching their places in line. But oh, no. that didn't change the order that the music was was submitted. Oh, no. oh god. <laughs> um they had um gosh, I don't remember if it was Tiffany Grant who had the really weird chocolate milk joke. It might have been Tiffany Grant. Um <laughs> a chocolate milk jug? Joke, joke. Oh, joke, uh, joke. I was like, why is I, she just carrying around hot chocolate milk? Um, it was something about penguins, and the punchline was chocolate milk. I don't. This was like again twenty years ago. Um, and at some point, people just started chanting chocolate milk over and over again <laughs> as oh a chant. Uh. Also, for uh, there was a Washu cosplayer, and they decided to chant Washu's name whenever they wanted to. Oh, and so God. these two almost like dueling chants for the entire contest. Oof. Like, 
day that Jason Marwell just frazzled and all the skits were wrong because all the music was wrong because they all switched places. It was it was bad. <coughs> and so Man. for anybody six, they were like, no skits, none. Um, but they were offered a room to have like one of the theaters to have the skit in. Well, at the beginning of anyway, six, there was a guy selling bootleg VHS tapes in his hotel room. Oh, and I might have purchased a copy of the Utena movie <laughs> and the Escaflone movie and the first episodes of Cowboy Bebop and the Big O because mm-hmm. they weren't easily accessible yet. Um, and so, uh, and but we were gonna really Kevin and I were really looking forward to seeing the um, Adelaide's Utena movie being played in one of the viewing rooms. Well, we get there, and their tape is broken. Oh, no. And they were like, well, so they're, they're showing something else. I think it was old episodes of I Forget. And the guy's like, well, we don't have the tape. And then we're like, well, we've got the tape. We're not supposed to have a tape, but we've got one. And he was like, uh, bring it down, I guess. And so we ran up, got our tape. Oh, by the way, like within like a couple of hours after we bought our tapes, the, the, he was shut down and kicked out of the con. So wow. like the bootlegger did not last long. But like he literally filled like his drawers of the hotel room with like tapes. Wow. And you were actually pulling out drawers like, you know, of, of you know that hotels have to look through his selections. Like it was it was a thing. It felt very, era. very um shady. Um So anyways, we get there and he was like, Okay, so we're they're still watching what we're showing now, but we'll take your tape and we're gonna put you in this other room because no one showed up to use it. So we watched the Utena movie and it was glorious. Cut to like the next couple of days, like Tuesday, I go to the web forum and people were complaining that they were showing some dumb movie with some pink haired girl. We were supposed to have our cosplay skits. And I was like, yeah, screw your skits. Utena's better. (laughs) Utena is better. I still stand by that statement. (laughs) Man, it's funny how Awa killed them so quickly because I remember Animazement was doing cosplay skits at least the year, the first year I went, which was 2010, and um, at least a couple years after that. So I, 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 I think I keep hearing that year in particular, the Basil references, as being sort of the reason why. Ah, oh, that I see. that cosplay con- man, that was it was so bad. It was you know, and it, it was just it was just one disaster after another. Man, like that was also, I think, the year that Dave Merrill quit hosting the cosplay contest because he was like, "I'm never doing this again." Yeah, brother Jason, you take care of this, uh. <laughs> which he did, and he eventually became the uh, the events director. So, good for him. Yeah, understandable. And none of that nonsense happened at Hamacon ever. Nope. But we did have Tiffany Grant though, so that was nice. That's true. Yeah, and she was a joy. Mm-hmm. She is very small. I mean, I don't think it's very nice, Austin. I'm just saying. I mean, she's very kind lady. I just did not expect her to be so small. For you know? her very boisterous performances, you expect her to be a more uh, like a what larger person. What did I person? tell you at the convention? Us shorter people mm-hmm. have to make up with for it with a large personality. Yeah, that's totally understandable. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tiffany was great to see again, and she did remember us and rem- remember being on our show, so that was really cool. Yes. Did she, though? <laughs> no, she did, yeah. She did, yes. I mean, like, we, we, we got up there at the opening ceremony. I wasn't going to say anything, so I didn't know if that was would be, I don't know, like a faux pas or not. Mm-hmm. But then you mentioned it, and she just, like, looked really surprised. Like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, was I? Yeah. <laughs> well, when we went to go visit her at her table, she remembered Austin's name. And oh, okay. she was like, she looked at me, and she's like, I feel really bad, but it does start with a T, right? And I was like, yes, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Okay, okay. That, that, that's good. That, that's mm-hmm. much better than me talk trying to talk to Jerry Jewel at MTAC. I've interviewed the guy twice, and he had no idea who oh. I was. So. Oh, bless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's also a very 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 nice guy please don't miss you like he is yeah. Jerry Jewel is is a gem no I think one. that's a uh, you know with a lot of these celebrity uh, like voice actors and, and whatnot they, they they get around they do commissions you know every weekend once a month something like that so it's understandable they wouldn't really recognize us yeah. bozos we run our internet radio shows Indeed, that someone for some reason is listening to right now. Hey, and we appreciate you. Yeah. Well, thanks. All right, guys, do you want to sort of get started wrapping up this episode? Yeah. So, uh, anybody have a singular favorite moment this weekend? Hanging out with uh, you guys. Oh, thanks, Edwin. Oh, uh, I think Edwin's was bruising his whole body in the hotel room for some reason. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, I wonder, Edwin, have you ever actually had to stay in a hotel before? Wait, you said if I had a what? If you've ever had to stay in a hotel before? You mean for a con? For anything. Sure. You reminded me of a kid that's like staying at a hotel for the first time. What? It kind of hit me, and not until after the fact, just... You went wild in that room, man. I go wild in every room. <laughs> I will take your word for it. Uh, can I say mine? What's yours? Go for it. Uh, so remember when we were on our way down and we were driving on that back road mm-hmm. and I saw something moving up ahead and I was like, you might need to slow down. And we thought it was a dog, but then it turned and it was a very rain-soaked <laughs> raccoon oh, going yes. ba-doop, 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 ba-doop across the road back into the woods. His little walk was so good. Yeah, he was like when you put those booties on a dog yeah. and they're trying to like overcompensate. That's exactly. It, yeah. Oh man, that yeah. little raccoon killed me. It, it was, was so funny. It was like, is that a dog? No, it's too small. Is that a cat? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what is he doing? And then shortly after that, we there was an, a dog in the road yeah. that yeah. was just, you know, sort of walking around, minding his own business, taking his sweet time to cross the road. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's and, Alabama um, for you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> a little lazier. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the whole convention, at least for me, was, was a great time. It was always a pleasure to spend time with you guys and to see the awesome cast fam and uh, just to spend time in a in a convention environment that I don't typically get to uh, spend time in. Yeah. Also, the, uh, the the doodle wall was really fun. Just us sitting down and drawing random stuff on the big uh, pieces of paper and then sticking them up on the wall. That was a good time. And uh, I didn't get to witness the destruction, but seeing the, uh, the cardboard Tokyo get built over the course of the weekend was also very cool. Yeah, that was the idea that our con chair had. 
um, she had went to one of the Star Wars celebrations, and they oh. people had built uh, like their own like uh, it was one of the um, Star Wars cities. Yeah, that mm-hmm. they were building their own, and she was like, "Oh, we should build our own, like Hamat Tokyo." Then she paused, and That's we so should cool. get put someone in a suit and wreck it. And we'll do <laughs> it for charity, that. and it was, it was a great idea. Mm-hmm. And so I, I enjoyed finding out that apparently people chose the, uh, the, the, the our bootleg Pikachu costume. Yes. <laughs> and just watching that copyright infringement just go stomping all over, was was good. It's a it's a metaphor for uh, Nintendo's domination of pop culture. No, they're not Disney. All right, Basil, what was your most memorable, single most memorable moment of the weekend? Single most. Uh, you had to one that sticks out of your mind. Well, honestly, the first thing that sticks out to my mind was my wife and our, my Oxa editor, Anna, getting really excited about that Tori was actually coming. Aww. 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 Like, I'm very like, disappointing. I'm sorry. No, you're you're amazing. Don't <laughs> don't even. Um, so having y'all work was amazing as always. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, it might have been the round table that we oh, did yeah. about nine short. Oh. Like I was, because I honestly had no idea what to talk about. I figured it out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, on Friday, I paused and went, "Wait, I know." <laughs> I was just listening to Bice complain on their last podcast. How they still haven't done it yet. <laughs> we can just do it here. I Brilliant. still need an episode for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of our future roundtables will be based on things that I complain about. <laughs> so we have a lot That'll of things so easy to pick. I mean, the what? Best, the next thing is going to be all about me, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't don't even put that idea in my head. No, he's <laughs> just going to complain about me. Look at this guy on a on the daily. <laughs> That's true. Look at, look at this. Look at this. This man, Edwin. What kind mm. of a name is Edwin? <laughs> so-called edwin <laughs> uh i think mine uh i i mean i said it in the post that i made that i felt like because this all happened and in, in the wake of the QNE arson i felt like we kind of had this unspoken agreement that we really had to go hard go harder than we normally did mm-hmm. and really like like really enjoy the weekend and mm-hmm. celebrate it because of the tragedy so I mean, it's just so much energy over the weekend and our panels and talking with people and you know all that stuff. Everything went so so well. There was really no bad thing that happened. I think all weekend. Uh, you know, no. I'm used to like some technical issue or something happening or some you know something scheduling wrong or you know I don't know like any number of things. But like there was not, I felt a a really bad moment. Uh, if I had to pick one singular thing that I, I hadn't mentioned yet is that I, uh, not related to the convention exactly, uh, I was able to go hang out with a good friend of mine from college, uh, Adam, who I do know uh, listens to this podcast. He's our one, our one subscriber. Heck yeah! Hey Adam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've known this dude since college, way uh, back in, in Anime Club, and you know the year of our Lord two thousand and four. Uh, I don't know if you guys were alive back then, but. Uh, no. We were doing Anime nope, Club back then. Yet. And, uh, you yeah, know, uh, after I moved out of Alabama, up North Carolina, he moved to Texas. Uh, you know, we've been talking online for, you know, ever since, really. But it's the first time I've been able to hang out with this guy in, in almost 10 years. Wow. So uh, it was pretty cool. to. Uh, he's, he's about to move to Alaska even further for some reason. Uh, Try to find know. an excuse to go to an Alaska con. 
yeah, he's gonna he's gonna skip the border, just go straight to Canada, stay in Canada. Which, <laughs> uh, let's be honest, probably a better choice than anything else here in America at this point. But uh, yeah, no, it was cool to see him kind of like one last time for probably the next ten years or so. Hopefully not, but you know what? We'll see. But it, it was cool to take that time to go and uh, enjoy something outside of the con for for just a bit. All right, so I think we are pretty much done with the meat of this podcast. Uh, I think it would, geez, it's been about two, two and a half hours so far. We'll probably there's cut a lot that to day. cover. Don't don't get us started talking about conventions. We'll be here forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are starting. We're starting doing like a minute by minute breakdown of our panels now. We Gosh, didn't even have a story. Like... Any of my escapades. Okay, oh, so no. what was your what, what do you want to talk about your escapades? Everyone? give us a brief summary know. of your escapades. I don't know. You tell me. I can't tell from my point of view. There was gymnastics happening in the room. There was a very a very intense hour or so driving segment. <laughs> that was like survival <laughs> horror meets initial D. Uh, I'm on the naughty list. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun uh, hanging out with everybody. Uh, so yeah, let's. We have one question. Uh, from our social media community. This is from uh, Jeff Shady, who I know is also a longtime Hamicon attendee and staff member slash volunteer. I, I know I've, I've, um, he's hung around some of the Hama crew and some of that as you know over time. I, I've known Jeff. He's a good guy. I've known him for years. He was yeah. also the anti room director for the majority of, of Hamicon. Right, right. And uh, his question is, I think we've kind of answered it, but I guess just to sort of cap, you know, cap everything up here, what are your thoughts about Hamicon ending? Sad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, there's definitely some melancholy there. I feel like it's a little bit of a shock to have you know, what I consider to be a long-term con. You know, it's one thing for, like, Super Famic- Famicon when it's not really a thing you've really invested in, I guess. Mm-hmm. When to know that it's not coming back, then all right, that was a one-time thing. That was cool, but for something like Hama that's been going on for so long, it's just kind of shocking. I think even more so than depressing that it's gone. Uh, I think that's a lot of those feelings there. Um, I, I'm glad that it seems, and I, you know, I, I don't. I, I know that there's probably some bits and pieces that Basil can't really comment on, but it's. I'm glad that overall it feels like the higher ups have acknowledged in a very healthy manner that they are kind of done, that they're ready to move on. Uh, I would much rather that happen rather than, you know, it kind of get like passed on to a next generation that's not ready for it, for, you know, drama to happen and people to walk out very angrily. So, you know, however much that happened behind the scenes, if at all, uh, I'm glad that at least it came to a conclusion in a very clean, healthy manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, it's it's it it is sad. Like I I really enjoyed Hamacon. It's definitely a very defining, good chunk of my life. Yeah. I mean, shoot, I, I met my wife thanks to the con. So it's yeah. I I owe a lot of my goodness in my life exists partially thanks to the convention. Right. Like mm-hmm. I more or less met y'all thanks to this convention. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like y'all are are a group every one of you is very much to be cherished like you're all are amazing oh um, thank you 
And, uh, but, you know, as the years rolling by, you know, I could see some of the directors, they were just, you know, after each con, they were just getting more and more just, like, worn out. And honestly, like, I, I partially pushed to, to at least get year 10 in. Like, I was like, we should do at least one more. Let's go into the double digits, see how that goes, and let's go from there. And about halfway through, um, it became more obvious, like, okay, I think this just might be the last year. But we wanted to end it. We wanted to end it well. We didn't want to, like, slack off in the con. We want to make sure that you know, we had good guests. We had good content. We want to make sure y'all are back and make sure y'all had a hotel room this time. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we wanted a good year 10. Yeah. Um, that way we could say there was 10 years of Hamacon. We were a good con. We did things that, you know, other cons should and but don't. And we can, we can look at our run and be like, that was, that was good. Yeah. I would completely agree with that assessment. Uh, you guys did not slack off this year even knowing what you knew, and uh, it felt like a, a, a complete experience. And, uh, and I, I agree that it, you know, in the annals of history, when we look back at, at that, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of good memories from, from people that were there you know, any time over the past 10 years. The other half to Jeff's question here is, uh, you know, barring that, what cool things or out-of-the-ordinary things happened while you were there? Uh, so I kind of said mine, and I don't know. Did anybody have any exceptionally different experiences? That raccoon. That was spiritual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We didn't really do a whole lot of exploring outside of the convention, which is unusual for us. And I think that was because we just had so much going on. But um, we did, Austin and I walked to a really good poke restaurant and um, got to see a lot of ducks and koi fish mm-hmm. in that really beautiful like river walk area and then um saw those really cool light fixture sculpture things um mm-hmm. so there the downtown area there is very different from kind of the ones that i've seen in my various convention excursions so that was nice to kind of go and have that little like relaxing nature walk mm-hmm. um yeah that was see. one major difference between uh, this year and last year i felt like last year we were just stuck in the convention center the whole time Mostly, not necessarily because we had to be, it just kind of ended up that way. But, um, yeah, this year, Tori and I, we got out a little bit, and that was nice. Mm-hmm. We went to that sushi place and sat on the floor. That was cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it was still fairly humid and hot this weekend, but mm-hmm. Hamacon in years past taking place middle June, which is even more of a scorcher, I feel like. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think in years past, it has been just too hot to go outside. And I think last year also we had really bad rain. Mm-hmm. Like I think last year also had a lot of rain. Yeah. But no, no. At some point when I have a place that can receive guests, I I, I should invite y'all back down, not to for a con, but just to hang out because there's lots of really cool places in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Like on our local, you know, Mount Montesano, we actually have a whole like Japanese like tea garden place. Whoa. That, cool. That's super pretty. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah, like um, like Toyota has been a very major part of um, Huntsville. Like it's like their, their car plant's been around for a lot of years now. Oh, wow. And, you know, they're one of the major employers. And so they have 
and then some other Japanese auto places have also sort of built up around here too that you don't really see because they're off like sort of outside the city, but they're yeah. there. And a lot of our jobs are from there. And so they have done things like to like, there's like a, 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 na- a, a nature trail, a greenway like near my house. That's, you know, paid for it, supported by Toyota. And so it was like, and they're like, I believe the, uh, the red, you know, Japanese inspired bridge was donated by one of the major like Japanese generals from like post World War Two. Whoa. So oh, that's fascinating. There, there's like there's secretly a lot of like really neat like Japanese stuff in Huntsville that especially if you're into the more culture side of things of Japan, Huntsville has it and we not even us quite quite realize just how much of it we've got. So yeah, and I'm just thinking it's probably a little. You're probably used to it more so than than, than us. But you keep forgetting about the the Space and Rocket Center that's there in Huntsville. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's 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 a whole other thing that's really fun to do. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a big proponent of the Space and Rocket Center. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a been a while since I even before I left North Carolina went up there. But it's it's definitely a fun to to go through. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up here. I just want to do a pretty standard outro. Again, this has been Third Impact Anime, uh, covering both uh, San Diego Comic-Con with Sully earlier and Hamacon with uh, the director of Awesome, Basil. Uh, Sully had to duck out a little earlier here, but uh, you should be able to find Sully on Twitter at Calvacoon. That's C-A-L-V is in Victor, A-K-U-N. And uh, Austin, where can internet people find you? Well, you can find things much cooler than me over on our website, which is thirdimpactanime.com. But if you want to follow me in particular, you can find me most easily on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle is BebopShock, and that's Bebop is in Cowboy Bebop, and Shock is in You Are Shock. Are you happy now, Basil? Yes. <laughs> Good. And uh, more generally speaking, if you guys like Third Impact Anime as an institution, as it were, uh, you can help support us by just listening to our podcast and sharing it with your friends who are also looking for some good soft anime content. Uh, but if you're feeling a little bit more generous, you can always pop over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash thirdimpactanime, and uh, become a monthly supporter. We have some uh, tiny tiers for you, but they are tiers nonetheless that you can take advantage of. And if you just want to give us sort of a one-time donation, you can do that very easily as well over on our Ko-fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash thirdimpactanime. And that's how you can support the show most easily. And Edwin, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me at, at Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what? At Elon Musk. Can you, can you spell that phonetically, please? At Gaming. Thank you. Okay. All right. Add Mitchell Gaming. All right. It's a YouTube and, uh, channel where we've been a little bit behind. Everyone's taking a, a bit of a personal break, but we should have our newest episode out by the end of this weekend. What is Sweet. the new episode going to be on? Puzzle Games. Puzzle Games. All right. Mm. It'll be a good watch. Again, though, that's going to be on, on uh, I think that you, you said... That's at Midshelf Gaming. That's the Twitter account, but that should have a link to the YouTube page. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll so post it on that, but you can also look us up and follow us or subscribe to us on YouTube at uh, Midshelf Gaming, uh, space between the mid, space between the shelf. I didn't think there would be any space between the shelves, but you guys had a lot of that covered with all your game collections. I know. 
Yep, yep. Oh, they're full. I need new shelves. <laughs> <laughs> and Toy where can people find you on the internet? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be over on Twitter at Worst Waifu. All right. And lastly, Basil, how can people get in contact with uh, your awesome direct directorship on the internet? Okay, well, I'm on Twitter at It's Basil Time. I also do a podcast called The Awesome Cast. Um, find it at awesomecast.com, O-S-M-C-A-S-T.com. And I also have a, a website at itsbaseltime.com, although I don't post to it like I really should. Maybe I'll get better about that. Who knows? Now that the convention's over and I can focus on more personal projects, maybe I can do stuff there. Um, but yeah, that's the major ways you can find me. Oh, and also go to Momocon. <laughs> yeah, and uh, SeishinCon too, right? You tend to yeah, like SeishinCon's like, like right now, like SeishinCon, uh, Momocon, and MTAC are, are my three like you know, cons that I am um, either I help do stuff for them or they're ran by people I like a lot and they can use all the support they can get because they deserve it. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, Mintac's another one that I keep hearing about, but I've never gone for some reason. Probably should change that. What else Same are you doing here. on Easter? I mean, come on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. There's not really much going on Easter. All right, and uh, lastly, you can find me on the internet uh, at Reverend underscore Tobias. And uh, like Austin said, you can hit us up on either Twitter, uh, at TI, as in Third Impact, underscore anime we also maintain a facebook page just third impact anime as well as a group community or a community group however you want to say it on facebook it's just third impact anime community Uh, so you can join the discussion and hang out with us there and uh just going to reiterate we do have a couple of those um What's the word? Not crowdfunding. Patreon. Yeah, we have a Patreon and a Kofi. So if you have any pocket change rolling around, you want to donate to us. Really, you should donate that to some sort of QAnnie arson uh, recovery fund. To be fair, but if you got some extra money left over, we will gladly take it in that manner. And I will say again, thank y'all for having me on. Also, for people listening, I understand Facebook is probably a terrible trash fire of a website. But their community page is like one of the few bright spots there. Like if there was like some like those like nice smoldering embers in the trash fire, that's where their group is. It's it's nice. That's what we try and do. We know people hate Facebook and we do too, but we try and make our little corner of it pretty nice. All right. Well, I think uh, thank you guys for the great podcast again. Thanks to Basil for coming out and joining us. We'll have to make this a more regular occurrence. Let's uh, do it. I'm sure you guys will hear us on uh, you know, all together on the hopefully forthcoming uh, like live episode we did at Hamicon. We'll see if that works out. But uh, regardless, we will. We already got a couple new podcasts sort of planned out, so we'll see how those turn out. And uh, yeah. So I want to thank you guys for coming out again and thank you guys for listening to our podcast and you have a great night.
Ikena.